0: Hello everyone and welcome to Wrestling Reverb. I am your host Josh as always. It's Royal Rumble Week. It's a very exciting time to be a wrestling fan. I think Royal Rumble Week is probably on par with WrestleMania week for me. Um, It's just a really fun time. And um, I thought, you know, with coming back after my little break from Wrestling Reverb, I was like, I need something. I need something to uh, make this feel a little bit different, make this feel a little bit bigger. So um, here I am on the internet, on Twitter, and I was like, I think I need a friend. And um, lo and behold, a lovely gentleman um, and me have a kind of touch base, and we're like, let's do something for Royal Rumble Week. So um, I'm not going to screw up his intro too much, because um, I couldn't do it justice. So I'm going to let this lovely man introduce himself. Um, tell the world who you are.
1: Uh, hello, uh, wrestling Reverbites <laughs> out there. I'm Foul Original from at Foul underscore Original on the Twitters, um, and I've been invited by the, your lovely host and actual host of this show to come and have a little chat.
0: And um, so we're going to chat Royal Rumble today, obviously because Raw Rumble is a is a big deal. It's there's a lot happening this weekend, along with Takeover and stuff like that. But um, you know, you know, just get yourself in the Rumble mood, I thought. What a way to come back and actually talk about the last however many years of the Rumble there's been. And I'll go back through some of the events, some of our favourite moments and, and matches, memories from the Royal Rumble. So um, I think we should just you know, jump right into this and just get started. What, what, what would you say is, for, for you personally, what makes you excited about the Royal Rumble in general?
1: Well, uh, we had a little pre-chat before this, which was great, yes, actually. We, we did. We, uh, we, uh,
0: li- uh, little is uh, understating it. We probably went for about 50 <laughs> minutes.
1: We <laughs> for <laughs> before this. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, as I said in the pre-chat, um, and I said on my show earlier on, Weekly wrestling, uh, wrestling, wrestling Recap on YouTube, Um I uh I, I really love the fact that Rumble you just the just the match itself you've got thirty different wrestlers or maybe more some years so you've got thirty different possibilities and from that you have like infinite possibilities off that um, for reasons why they'd win it and you know I, I'm always excited it's that that event that everybody knows like everybody knows this event
0: yeah like I um kind of in our little pre chat before I was saying like you can say Royal Rumble to pretty much anyone and they know that it's 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 a wwe event it's a wrestling event they're like even if it's oh is that that wrestling show they know what royal rumble is it has it it has name value
1: yeah and like for here for us in the uk like i kind of said this earlier on i said i'd save it for the show because i thought we'd go for two hours otherwise just in the pre-chat <laughs> uh we could have quite easily done that we could but <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah uh, like for us in the UK um wrestling was during the attitude era in the year 2000 um wrestling was just on sky which is a pay platform pay tv um and it was on sky sports we got wrestling on terrestrial TV on channel four. So just through an aerial in the year 2000 and we got four of the pay-per-views a year on free TV. And the first one was the Royal rumble 2000. Ooh, so that's a good one
0: whole...
1: <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. So said, I'd save it. So let's save it. Um, and there's some controversy with that one actually over here in the UK, it caused a few changes to what, how wrestling was presented actually. Um, but there was a big deal that was made with between the WWE and channel four to show four of the pay-per-views a year. So that was the rumble. We actually got invasion as one of those ones. Um, cause we got fully loaded. Um, we'd get Armageddon and we'd get one more. The rest were on this pay channel and I loved the rumble. It took me like I recorded it. I wasn't allowed to stay up, but I recorded it. It took me like a week to watch it in like hour chunks after school. Um, mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, like, it just changed my viewpoint. Everybody knew wrestling. Wrestling was on breakfast. Like, the big show was on breakfast TV. We had Kurt Angle on Saturday morning, like, cartoon shows and stuff. Like, like there was a segment with Anton Deck, who do, like, um, I'm a celeb. And they had a show where Kurt Angle and Trish Stratus were in there. And, like, I remember just thinking, why are they on Saturday morning? Oh, yeah. And, like, we had WCW was here on Channel 5. Like, wrestling was massive here between the year 2000 and 2003, obviously before as well, but yeah. we didn't really see the Attitude Era properly until the year 2000. Um, we were damn. the same
0: in Australia from memory. I was only young. I, I started, like, what I can remember, I've been told I watched earlier, but um, I started watching wrestling about the year 2000, 2001. I was only, you know, like six years old, like five or six years old, but I... I was taught, my older brother was the one who introduced me to pro wrestling. He watched it with my dad, and they just, so I kind of was at the very end of the Attitude Era. Obviously, I've gone back and watched it all now, and I know what what the was going on. But, I mean, so I tapped in. One of the first wrestling memories I remember, and I don't know why, this would have been like 2002, probably. But one of the Mm -hmm. vivid first memories of wrestling I can... Remember, is Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, and Chris Jericho for the, uh, the Undisputed Championship. In a, in, I think okay. it was like a two on one handicap match. It may have been a triple threat, and Stephanie nearly won the title. I don't know why that <laughs> sticks in my brain all the time, but that always <laughs> does. Like, what a weird well, see- wrestling memory to have, like, you know, vividly I can remember sitting down on the TV watching that
1: like i am um, when when we first got wrestling over here like i didn't have cable tv or satellite tv at home my mom was like you don't need it so we'd watch this slice of what was the international version of heat every week on a Sunday, we'd get that. Oh, yeah, and we we'd got get it. Oh uh, yeah. And I loved it every single week. And like, I loved that show and, but I wouldn't be able to watch raw or Smackdown normally. Cause they were, cause they were on pay TV. Yep. Then my, my grandma, like, this is like my, how I'm so massively interesting. Now my grandma was like, you can come around and watch it on sky on a Friday night and a Saturday night, but you have to do chores and stuff. And we'd go around. I was quite young still to so go around. And then at 9 PM, we get to watch raw. Um, I can't remember where this is going now. Oh, yes. So Smackdown started around about that time. Yep. And I used to go around to, like, so I'd go to relatives' houses, and they'd kind of be chatting away. And then I'd just go to their TV and put on Sky 1 and i'd watch smackdown and i have a vivid memory of having to explain what the right to censor were to one of my like (laughs) older relatives because i think (laughs) i think it was when um, the cat came out in like oh no it might have been it might have been the catch came out in like a burlap sack and she went to start stripping on it and i was like yeah so i I can't really explain this to you i do apologize um but uh yeah sorry don't know what to do about wrestling
0: i like that though you're like you would, you watch it and you're like you you want, you know you know you you watch it so you expect it but if you're watching someone that doesn't know what wrestling is and that come on you're like um yeah, yeah I, I don't know like like i was saying to you before i was i um and i've even said on the show previously like i watched tlc with um two very non wrestling fans and stuff like that and the first match on that show was the mixed match challenge uh, finals and when carmella and our truth did a dance break I was um my friends were looking at me and they're like is this is this is this a wrestling show? <laughs> I'm like yes and they're like why are they dancing? I'm like I honestly I don't know why they're dancing. I don't actually know why they have a dance break. I don't think it's ever they just do it. And it's just so wired into our brains that we just are so like, yeah, this is just normal. We're just um, people dance break. People used to take off their clothes. Like that's just what it was. <laughs> yeah, like
1: res- wrestling logic yeah dictates that you don't ask questions. Yeah, you just enjoy the you show. Just, you just but enjoy when you it start asking questions. <laughs> yeah when you start asking questions though stuff start to fall apart and you just realize you're like okay it's if as you said if it's a non-wrestling fan that just calls you on like just a cross-section of what you're watching mm-hmm. they'll just take they'll always come in at that 15 second mark when you don't want them to be they'll come in during the bobby lashley sister segment oh they be like, came Look, in
0: uh, um I, tr- <laughs> I was watching the mandy rose segment with the hotel room and my cousin walked <laughs> yeah. out and he was like um what's what's what are you watching uh, well, like, wait, uh, like- smackdown <laughs> Like,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm right down. Right.
0: She's just in a hotel room, just back off.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, you can't explain it. Like, every single time I would try to get someone to watch it with me. Or it's like... I, I Brief, like brief glimmers of anything like a little too racy and like mm-hmm. i'm from quite relatively religious family we turned to the channel when someone was in bed together and they were fully dressed and they were taught to- had pillow talk i mean the amount of times that like <laughs> oh these- my <laughs> And so it's like sitting there, so I'm like, "Oh yeah, you yeah, go and watch wrestling in the back room. Yeah, fine." And then someone come in to check on it. What, what are you watching? Oh, it's a women's back to a
0: hand or something. And you're like,
1: oh. "Ah." <laughs> <laughs> Antis match. It'll be like they come in and they'll be like, "Um, you, you watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this like, is
0: pro you, just,
1: wrestling. you got a problem." <laughs> about between it would have been like say D. Malenko versus someone I'd be like you just missed that I'm sorry but we have to go through this but right after this we've got like a really sweet segment with like Book T and Stone Cold in a supermarket but yeah sorry we've got to go through this it's first. so
0: wrestling is the I think I I, I know I'm biased because I just love pro wrestling but it is the best form of entertainment because there's so much there's so mm-hmm. much there's you can't pinpoint it to any kind of one form of entertainment it is it really is a spectacle of so many genres of entertainment yeah and yeah. i think with I, um you know circling back to the royal rumble i think that is the okay. best <laughs> night oh uh like it's just the best night of so many different forms it's got surprises it's got great wrestling it's got um it's i just think the the match itself the event itself it's just it really is it does feel like a different level than, you know, other than maybe WrestleMania, it does feel like a different level of fun.
1: And I think you're right with saying the spectacle and, like, the uniqueness of it, because... Like you can see the success of something when you see many many people copy it and I mean how many variations of the I know that the Royal Rumble is essentially just a battle royal, but the presentation, the way that it's named, the amount of other companies and wrestling companies that have taken that concept. Yeah, I that concept, of said it's like a Royal Rumble, but this is what we do differently. TNA infamously did it with their reverse Royal Rumble. Oh, I yes. mean, I it's about a Royal. Yeah, and you just think everyone, and it's and it's never, it's like oh, it's like the Royal Rumble, but because it'll always be that
0: is. comparison that that will always be the staple of it. No matter how many times someone tries to you know change up the rules or do whatever it may be, it'll always be this is a match that's like the Royal Rumble it's yeah. just the, it's just the centerpiece of what that because like you said when you when you actually break down a royal rumble it's essentially just a battle royal with random intervals really hmm. yeah that's really all it is um but hmm. that kind of brings me to this is like if you broke down the royal rumble match and you had to pick one element that is your favorite about that match what would it really be if you had to choose
1: see i, I mean i've i've always been the big fan of the surprise element of it i think wrestling a, a lot a lot of wrestling where i tend to pop a lot for i really pop for surprises if it's something that i didn't think was going to happen or i kind of thought might but oh my god it is with the rumble it's the ultimate surprise you hear that eh uh, and uh. And the second you hear it, you don't know what's gonna. happen. You legitimately do not know what's gonna happen next.
0: Yeah, like, and I, like, and it's just anything. like that brief moment between the buzzer and the the person's music, where it's just like that. It feels almost like hours are passing by. You're just staring at the screen. They, you know, they do the camera pan to the Titantron, and you're just like waiting. And you're like, you just. It brings me back to last year, um, the Women's yeah. Royal Rumble, and. Um, it was number five. I remember this very briefly, and it like they panned to the thing. The buzzer went off. They you're looking, and then leader's thing comes up, and you're just like, "Holy crap! It's it's leader!" And that just that element of surprise and that element of excitement, and you're just like, "This is so incredible." It wouldn't have matter if you know whoever it may have been that come out at that spot. You're just like, "This is incredible." Where it's, it's leader, whether it's Sarah Logan, whether it's whatever it may be, it's just that mm. element of that. I don't know what's coming up next. It's the the unknown,
1: and and like the res- and I think a lot of it is that it is it, it's a pure nostalgia pop straight mm-hmm. away. The second, as you said, the second is music hit. I remember like fifteen year old me went,
0: "Oh my god, it's Leah! Like what
1: I was like. You I know. Was like
0: the ten year old in All me right. jumped out of his seat and like just lost his mind and was just like, "This is what." It's it's nostalgia. It's fun. She did what she had to do. She was in there for what five, six minutes, whatever it may be, ten minutes, yeah. whatever. She got thrown out. Mm-hmm. We really angry, like, oh, leader's gone. And then it was on to the next. Yeah. Tori Wilson came out, and you know Trish Stratus and Molly Holly. Disclaimer: Who is yeah. my favorite women's wrestler of all time? I love Molly Holly. Uh,
1: uh, you're a big fan of Mighty Molly, Molly. You're a big fan of Mighty Molly, Molly. I see. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> I was more of a fan of shaved head Molly Holly when she come out with the wig, different wig on every week. That was like my- no, Molly Holly. I just think. I could go on a tangent about Molly Holly for hours. I just think well, she's so. We, un- have a, we have
1: we have we seem to have a um, a like of Nidia as well. I saw that on Twitter the other day. Oh, Massive crush on Nidia okay. for a longest time. Nidia is my life. so good.
0: Jamie Noble and Nidia just Nidia on tough oh. enough, and then she come in and they would like at that, and I was like, yes, Nidia, I love you. But Molly was just no. so under appreciated. I feel like she's just one of those ladies that works so hard. And I don't think got enough recognition for. It. I think it was just a different time and stuff like that. And she had a different. She was a worker.
1: She was a worker in a time of no real work rate expected of the women. No, and, and I think and
0: back- I think yeah. if you take Molly Holly and you put her into today's aspect, you know, prime Molly Holly from back in you know two thousand three, two thousand four, and put her in today, it would work. She is just a very good worker. But I just think um, it was just a different time. But anyway, yeah. But, back to the rumble and just like that element of unknown and stuff like that. You're just waiting on the edge of your seat. I only bring up the women's Royal Rumblers because there were so many surprises in it last year. It was the first of its kind. And, um, you you didn't know the expectation of it. Um, and it was just, I think it was, I don't know if you agree with me in this sense, but you might, you might not, but I think it was long overdue that the ladies got a rumble. I think, um, it was time.
1: I, I think personally, like from last year's rumble, Women's Royal Rumble stole the show. Oh, it did, That's yeah. just no doubt, yeah. And that automatically did. One of, like, Chip so I'll give a quick shout-out to you. The Original Chin Man, at The Original Chin Man on Instagram, is my housemate. Um, and he's also a colleague. Um, and at The Original Chin Man is a wrestling fan. Um, but he watches events here and there. He's actually watching The Rumble um, with some people that will be doing a roundtable with me coming up, actually, in the future. But um, he... He was uh, he was talking about the women's rumble, and we talked about it the day after. Now we're both we're both we're both red blooded men, and it was interesting. Like when we were talking about the women's wrestling uh, women's raw Rumble, we weren't like, "Oh my god!" Like Trish Stratus came back. Oh my god, how good did she look? It was like, "Oh my god," Trish Stratus came back. How good did she look in that ring? Like it, really, it was a totally.
0: It's it's like, really weird that that element has come in because you know back in, you know, time when Trish was active and in her prime, it was Trish is a really, really pretty, pretty hot lady and who also could is, you know, um and I don't mean this is in any disrespect, she wasn't the greatest worker of all time by any means. Trish was good in the ring, but it wasn't about that. It was what that. she what she looked like. But now you look at her and it was the element of, it doesn't really matter what her aesthetic is. It doesn't matter what she looked like. It was more the fact of can Trish still keep up with today's work rate? Right? Which she can. Yes
1: yes and i had massive respect yeah like it was it was weird to look hear some of the stuff that trish had said um about like those gravy ball matches pudding matches and all that i remember at the time thinking oh well you know obviously she didn't care but she says like i hated it because i wanted to have a wrestling match and she's one of those women who she came in and she wanted to be a wrestler. She was a fan of professional wrestling when she was younger. She wanted to be a wrestler. She came in by... She, to me, is like the opposite of Eva Marie. Yeah, like,
0: and I, I completely agree because Trisha said in multiple interviews and in multiple things, she's just like, yeah, I had to have these gravy bowl matches and, and you know, Brian panties. But if I'm going to have these matches, I'm going to, you know throw me off the stage through this gravy bottle. Make people respect at least, yeah, we're having these you know, very sexualized matches, but at least try and add the element of pro wrestling into these, which I always respect. I've always been, for whatever reason, I've always been a very big women's wrestling fan through all the times, through, you know, from Trish to Eve Torres to Caitlin to AJ to now. Like, I've just always been, Mm. I just always thought there was a a little bit more that the, the ladies could do. I just think even watching it, I was like, this girl, you could tell which girls could work. You know, like the Beth yeah. Phoenixes, the um, Natalias, the whoever it may be. You could tell that those ladies could really go and they just, yeah. you know, it's like they've always said, it's hard to have a match in three minutes. But what I always loved about Trish is that even if she was going to be in a three-minute Brian Panties match, she was going to do Hurricane Runners, She was going to do, you know, arm drags and and whatever it may be. Yeah. And she was going to make you at least respect the fact that I, I love wrestling and I'm going to wrestle in these matches.
1: Yeah, like, like one of the most, you know, like, and it's always a weird thing to seem to think. Like, if you can look at it in two ways, you can look at it like it's a sexualized act or it's her just having a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. But anytime she did, because obviously Trish did a Luther's press, and the amount of times, if you think, looking back at it now, Brian Panty's matches involved her doing a Luther's press in lingerie. Because she's like, you know what? I don't care if my clothes are essentially falling off me as I have this match. As you said, I'm going to have an actual wrestling match. Um, it's just that it's hidden with me kind of getting slightly more naked as I have this match. Yeah. And, um, like,
0: and like stuff like that, when you, you know, you take it into the, like you said, with the Women's Royal Rumble, it wasn't about what Trish Stratus looked like or whoever it may be. It was that, look how she did that bulldog. Look how she did. Look how she's taking yeah. this move. Look at all these bumps and stuff like that. You know, even when Trish got thrown out, she went for the, um, Stratisfaction or Stratosphere. I always get them two. Which one's the bulldog? Yes.
1: Stratisfaction. Stratisfaction's off the second rope, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so it's the stratosphere Okay, yeah, 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 Anyway, so she got thrown out by Sasha yeah. and you're just like, damn, that was a nasty fall. And even like you look at people who, you know, weren't known for their in-ring work, people like Tori Wilson. She comes back mm. and it was the probably the best Tori Wilson's ever looked in the ring in that sense. It's just like, if you give these ladies the the opportunity to let these girls, you know, wrestle a match, I think you could probably Mm -hmm. get a lot more out of them in the time that they were actually there.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why the Rumble worked so well last year. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that there's a lot of cynicism about, like, the women's evolution and where it's come from, but at the same time, that particular event, putting it... Okay, we know why it was in the main event now, because of the Ronda situation.
0: Yeah, obviously.
1: end of the day the women were being put on a massive platform there they some of those women probably had longer in that rumble than they've had in careers of their like career match i
0: I agree with you completely and it's just um it's you know you say a lot of things like people do have their things about the women's evolution and it's like oh it's just some people say it's just one big publicity stunt and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and why i understand what they're saying um the wrestling fan in me sees it as they've worked so hard for this but even as even in a business sense why wouldn't they market this and why wouldn't they do things like this it'd be silly not to if you get what i mean yeah.
1: No, of course, like my my mom the other day, we were talking about wrestling and stuff. I had to basically explain because she's not really her finger isn't on the pulse of wrestling mm-hmm. as such. And she was I was telling her about how women's wrestling is so like popular now and stuff because I was telling her about it. She was like, well, you know, people don't really watch the women's wrestling. It's just they're just dancing around in their underwear. And I was like, Mom, they don't do that anymore. Like they don't. But having to take that stigma away from what they did, they're doing a damn good job of it. It slowly getting out there that women can wrestle and look good. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily, but it's not going to. And I think that's the big disconnect. Like like there was just very briefly tangenting, but after the Alexa Bliss segment last week, I remember watching that after to hear the crowd reaction. So I didn't watch the WWE YouTube one. I watched like an actual live show, like oh, yeah, live clip yeah, yeah. uh, of it. And it starts off. And I remember like he's going into the room and, and this is how much wrestling and the like, the fandom and the audience has changed. Like they went in, and you hear everyone going like kind of giggling, and then as they see Alexa Bliss, you hear a uh, oh. everyone just doesn't even cheer; they all automatically acquire. quiet. And I heard one person in the back going, "Everything kid is just one person." You know, that's how much it's changed where, to the point where people were, like, kind of, yeah, but does this mean that Alexa's having a wrestling match later? Or was why was this? And, you know, like,
0: it's, it's weird, like, that, that, I ran a poll like on my you. Facebook page, and it's, like, I mm. asked people how they felt about that. And it kind of, the biggest poll I've ever done, it got, like, 700 votes or something like that, I don't know. Um, and so many people were just writing in the comments, like, uh, like why is this happening if this is if this is a part of a storyline at least they understand why someone's walking in her on her changing or whatever it was and but this literally led to nothing it was just they tried to add an element of sex appeal into the show when it didn't fit especially yeah. in this and, time
1: and now that alexa's been announced for the rumble as well it's a bit like but why why was this what why did this even happen it like was, this has not got her over yeah <laughs> it's got not got her over it's not got anyone it's and i always say that you know like if if segment happens and we don't understand what's happened that's fine if it's probably going to get someone over if it's going nowhere then at least like nation of violence samoa joe impact if you're going to have him kidnapped by a bunch of people in ninja masks yeah and not explain it that's fine we're cool with that we just don't want to see him naked for any reason yeah yeah no, like,
0: I, I, just, I, I agree
1: like like if, if it's like just walking on the shower and it's like it doesn't it felt really weird and maybe just out of place, but going back to the rumble, my god last year's women's Rumble was fantastic and I'm a big fan of Oscar, I'm a big fan of Oscar, and she needed that win oh it was yeah and it was just,
0: it was really like so you know leading into the rumble last year um I think there was a sense of. Is Oscar going to like we say about um, the Rumble? There's so many different. There's 30 different people to choose from, and anyone could make a case that they're going to win the Rumble. And you really can never pinpoint and say this person is definitely winning the Royal Rumble. Sure, there was an aspect around Oscar of this may happen. I think Oscar may be the one, but you didn't know. No one can. No one can really ever predict the Rumble. That's what I like. I like about the Royal Rumble. And with Oscar last year going into it. Like I said, there was this element of, can she do it? And when it came down to Oscar and Nikki, you're like, my first, Mm -hmm. I I remember my first thought going into that. I was like, first thing I was like, okay, the the ladies have done it. This is is really a great match. It was a great Royal Rumble match. They've done it. And then as soon as I seen it was Oscar and Nikki, I'm like, okay, Oscar's going to be the one to do this. I don't think Nikki Bella's going to be the one to do this here. (laughs) Um, I know a lot of people were a lot of people have their opinions of the Bella twins. I am in the minority of internet wrestling fans that I think the Bellas at a sense, a different kind of element to the women's division. And I do think they have their place. Um,
1: Controversial, but I do agree with you. They I, do I, have their place. They
0: have their place. They bring in a different set of eyes to, mm-hmm. to wrestling. And as much as people don't want to admit it, um, why I know Brie had her issues in her comeback last year, and I do fully aware of that. I do think yeah. Nikki can work to a certain degree. I don't think she's the greatest thing ever because she isn't. But they do mm. hold their own. I don't like what I'm basically saying is I don't, I, I don't understand how you can say the Bellas cannot wrestle. I just I, I that's think... just I, that's just my opinion. I understand the people that what? don't like them and stuff like that. I get it. <laughs> so-
1: I, I see. It now I I I I totally agree with that that viewpoint. Yeah, like a lot of the times, it's really easy to make fun of the Bellas. It is. It's really easy. I don't I'll make be the it I to
0: say I've done it yeah. too. Trust
1: me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, no, no, they don't make it hard at all. <laughs> so you just like you know you just well, but yeah, they don't so because of that like it's really easy to when stuff happens like the brie bella stuff was happening last year mm-hmm. it wasn't because we're like oh my god brie's botching she's terrible it was because we were like well we know that she can she can actually wrestle if nikki was doing it you'd be like well this is expected of her but again as she said she can actually work and you know what she's a damn good heel she, she really, really is, is yeah. it isn't all- it Bree no, isn't like Bree no. just about a baby face, but as heel she can't do it. I get it, but Nikki is fantastic
0: Nikki as the heel. can generate that genuine like, just generate that. You genuinely don't like this girl. She's it, girls yeah. don't like her because they want to be her. They want you know she's um, quote unquote has the fakeness to her. Um, she girls don't like that. That she's you know. She was with John Cena. She's very materialistic. She is just—if you watch Total Divas or Total Bellas—there is that sense of um, entitlement to a certain degree from Nikki Bella. People don't like that. She's a great heel. She's a great heel inside of the ring. I think she's a very yeah. good heel inside oh, yeah. of the ring. But as a she's baby face, Nikki Bella is terrible. I can't stand Nikki Bella as a baby face. She's not. She hasn't got a likable element about her, in my opinion.
1: No. Though. But that's the thing, yeah. Is I feel like they they have they have totally that that's their brand. Brian Brian Nikki Bella are good cop bad cop, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I get it, yeah. And like, I, I actually really like. I, okay, I wasn't a big fan of their kind of feud with Steph, like obviously for, <laughs> for just terrible <laughs> delivery of lines. But
0: I'm gonna make um, you my bitch. <laughs> exactly. I wish you died in the world.
1: I was like, what? oh. <laughs> But it was like, why? This is, but it was terrible. It was not believable, yeah. And I thought, all right, but why are they? And I remember hearing the rumors, yeah, around Rumble time of Nikki Bella having a program with Ronda. I remember thinking, you know what. Yeah, if you want to get a, if you want to get someone over as a super babyface, super baby face, you put them up against Nikki Bella. But then I was like, but isn't Nikki Bella hanging out with Ronda? How are they going to do this in the space of a week? Oh, okay, cool. Just turn them.
0: Yeah, just, just, and just like turn. when and it, Wait, as much uh, as we, um, a lot of people with you know talking about the women and evolution and stuff like that. A lot of people are like Becky and Charlotte should be the main event. Do I agree that they had a better match? A hundred thousand percent, I agree. Do I think that, you know, they deserved the main event spot? Maybe. But at the same time, more people know who Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella are than Becky Lynch and Charlotte. And I don't mean that as a disrespectful yeah. thing. It's just more eyes would be on the fact that Ronda Rousey is in a main event. The, the female audience, the female demographic from E would know who Nikki Bella and Brie Bella are. That is a money match. Yeah. That is your main event
1: yeah and it's it's always and i think that's something that a lot of fans these days might find hard to understand but it's not about your favorite wrestler being in the main event it's always supposed to be about it's always supposed to have been about whoever's at the main event draws the most money i completely that's agree that's fine and then it trickles down to everyone else if you've only got 100 butts in those seats yeah you're not going to get a lot of money if you want to put on a technical master class in the main event fine a certain segment of the audience will want to see that, but some people won't want to see that. Some people will want to see, they'll, they'll want to see like, they'll want to see something like, uh, like, like I look at like takers matches at WrestleMania's like CM Punk versus undertaker is a much different match to undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. I see hundred percent agree. CM Punk yeah. taker is more of a, like, you know, it's a high flying takers trying to hang with punk. And with um, HBK and Taker, those matches, it was ta- um, Michaels trying to hang with Taker, and so you could say to someone, watch both of these matches. They would absolutely, they, some of them would absolutely hate Taker versus um, Michaels because it is requires you to know like their history, maybe, and it's a little bit hard to see. But Punk versus Taker, and you're like, my god, that's my match. And, yeah, and if I... you put it's weird. If you put that in the main event, yeah. If you put that in the main event, Michaels versus Taker, yeah, people would watch. But I guarantee I guarantee you that more people will turn up if Roman Reigns is at that main event just to boo him.
0: Oh yeah, and I, I completely agree. It, it it trickles down to everything. You look at um Ro- uh Roman Reigns in Royal Rumble, okay, a few years ago. The fir- the you know, when he first got that reaction of just you know, it was just a tremendous boo. Like there was no one wanting Roman Reigns to win this. I think yeah. the Daniel Bryan element, um, you know, yeah. didn't really help him and stuff like that. And it was, but even looking at that in the moment, I was angry. I was like, what the is going on? Like it's Roman is just, it's like what like, they were chanting. We want Rusev at the end. Cause he wasn't eliminated. I'm like, Oh my God, that was the only person that would never get cheered was Rusev. And now they're cheering yeah. for him. Even rock came out and they were still kind of like, Confused, and Rock's face said it all. He was like, "What is going on?" And you know, uh. you, you fast forward to Roman in the main event of Mania with Brock that year, the first time. Mm. Um, and people like this shouldn't be the main event. Blah 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 blah. But like, Roman Reigns was—I hate—I you know it's gonna be cliche to say, but he was the guy that was the—he was—it was the perfect. Sure, WWE didn't predict that he was going to get booed out of the building like that at Rumble, but they certainly made it work and there was no bigger match at that point from the Rumble than Roman and Brock. So you, know, yeah. you take into elements of stuff like that. Like I said before, WWE is a business and they have to make money. Mm-hmm. It's not about... Mm-hmm. Sure, they want to please everybody um, to a certain degree and it trickles down. We're going to watch WrestleMania. They know that we they have us. They know that we have, we're, yeah. the, we're a very core... A part of their fan base but they have to try and get other people to watch this we're going to watch it regardless
1: yeah yeah and i think that's uh something that i've seen a lot of like you know the whole gatekeeper mentality like of wrestling sometimes um it's it's like you've got you, you, it's only going to be successful if you get more people into it because it's something where you know, if only 15 people are watching... 15 people are watching... But if you can... You know, we've watched some pretty bad stuff over the years... Oh, within, yeah. rest- within wrestling... As the core wrestling fans, yeah... We've seen some weird stuff... So, they, as you said... We're going to watch regardless, yeah... You could sit here all day and say... I'm not going to watch Raw ever again... But you blatantly will... The 2nd yeah. that say, Bret Hart decides to pop up or something... Hogan turned up... Got one of the biggest reactions... Because we're all at the end of the day... You know we're happy to watch the product. But you have to draw that extra audience in total divas i watched the first season of total divas religiously because i watched it for the behind the scenes like i remember oh my god i remember thinking i (laughs) remember thinking i remember thinking thinking, all right so this happens on the run-up to this event and it's basically three months back so i can roughly see what's happening okay and then i remember watching it first ago is this a work is this legit is this actually happening is even marie really in trouble with steph steph come back and i was i was like i was i was enthralled yeah i was totally enthralled and then it got to a point where it became less about the wrestling and more about them and i could see this shift where they were like okay so we've got our female audience here mm-hmm. and they will watch wrestling um and so some things that started to seeped over like i don't look at them as bad things i look at them as really good things like last year's it being a women's rumble to kind of headline the whole event it made the event better like it really really did um and I couldn't have said that a few years ago, no, like no because of the depth of the women's roster to begin with. But you got some really good th- uh, women out there, and having the women's rumble as the end of the show—the way to really kind of show everyone how far they'd come. Um, goddamn, like I, 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 I hated, total, I hated the Bellas kind of getting involved in that, and I felt a little bit. I felt like disappointed and i felt a little bit almost like disheartened with it like i was like is this what we're gonna get after all of that it was a flash in the pan and it's back to like back to basics it's lowest common denominator but that's not for me that's for the person that's never watched wrestling before and as you said it's like i know nikki but you know what i'll give it a shot and then they're a lifelong fan and but who am I to who am I to not allow them to have that experience?
0: Yeah, and you come down to the rumble last year, and like with Oscar and Nikki, and you know from our point of view, we're full on Oscar. Like, let's do this Oscar. It's time for, you know get on the Oscar train let's go to Mania. But for that girl that's watching Total Divas, she's cheering for Nikki Bella. She's she's going yeah. for Nikki Bella, and that's that. That was two very different worlds of wrestling meeting in the middle. It was the two. Yeah. it was the opposite ends of women's wrestlers you've got Asuka who is a very you know Japanese um, strong style you know will kick the crap out of you and you've got Nikki Bella who is the quote-unquote female American wrestler in the sense of Mm. a mainstream American female wrestler Um, it was just two worlds meeting and it was two fan bases meeting in the middle and regardless of the outcome um, whether you know it was going to please you know a lot of people would have been upset that Nikki didn't win you know that that demographic but the core wrestling fans were very much Oscar all the way. And it was just a very yeah. cool little gel into the middle. And I honestly liked the way it went to be completely yeah. honest with you.
1: Yeah. No, I think, I think that night really grew the base of that fan base and showed a lot of people who may have gone away from women's wrestling for a time to kind of come back to it. And you know, mainstream news. Um, great rumble as well, actually. As I said, like even the men's rumble, the men's rumble was a little tepid. Yeah, I think so women,
0: too. <laughs>
1: like even even though, yeah, like that year it, it was the year of of the Japanese, and yeah. I could see, in my opinion, I, w- I felt like it was kind of to appease a few people who might have wanted to come from New Japan to say, "Hey, we do push Asian Americans, like uh, or I we will push, I push Asians." Do. <laughs> yeah. And I remember just—I remember thinking I was like, "Oh, who are they wanting to come over?" And it felt like that's what was happening. And so I was—I didn't believe it. And when Nikki Bella started, but Oscar winning that, she can say that she won that, you know, and There's that only was one the first ever. It <laughs> was there
0: only one mm-hmm. first ever, and mm-hmm. no one can ever take that away from Oscar. You know, it is what it is. I know that she, she her and Charlotte had a fantastic match at WrestleMania. Um.
1: Oh my god!
0: Yeah, I I, I love that was one of my favorite matches of this year's or last year's WrestleMania. I thought it was a really really good match, and yeah, Charlotte won. Oscar fell off the bandwagon a little bit and um kind of lost her way with the program with Carmella and stuff like that. And no, everyone had their opinion on that. And then, but even if all of that, I know she went all through these peaks and valleys. Look at her now, going into this year's Rumble. She is the SmackDown Women's Champion. She's she's, you know potentially heading into wrestlemania with that championship um you can't say that her losing at mania you know um took away from her too much yet yeah, I went through it's a little bit of a time but sure she doesn't have the aesthetic and the um kind of feel that she had before you know going mm-hmm. into the rumble this year but i mean oscar's doing fine <laughs>
1: i i i i think 2019 is the year to rebuild oscar and that th- that's like that's what I, i'm a big big fan we're a big big fan on the final original show like of oscar and i i just hope that this year they can rebuild her and she gets a chance she like i i kind of you might know that she's the japanese social media correspondent um she was recently made that so um I think that she'll hold that title for some time and I hope that she does because
0: she's she's um, a very good, like end of the day, she's very, very great in the ring. She's a great worker. Oh yeah. And yeah, I think um, when she comes to the main roster, there was a little bit of a disconnect from NXT. I think it takes a little bit of time. Mm. Um, She had so much steam that no matter when she lost, it was going to affect her appeal and her um, kind of aura. I just think that's what happened. That's the, you know it's a double-edged, double-edged sword with an undefeated streak you can win all this time you have so much um of an effect on people and an aura about yourself but no matter when or how you lose it does take away from your appeal
1: yeah yeah and then there are ways to come back from it of course but but it's it's it's, it's you know it's it's a complaint that a lot of people have with the WWE it's 50-50 booking Mm-hmm. And fifty-fifty booking affects people so many people, and if you're undefeated streak and you're going to get beaten, hey, like I'd rather you get beaten on a big show and it means something and it changed your character. Maybe that's the night you turn heel because you—that's co- it, that's it. You know, something has to come of it, yeah. and I don't think with Oscar something came of it. No, I it think that she was just fell like, into mediocrity.
0: I think what happened was that they tried to still play off her aura of. Um, being undefeated even when she was defeated and they stalled and they went to the Carmilla feud and stuff like that. And oh, they, you know, yeah. James, James Ellsworth and that came involved and she was losing to Carmilla in such just, just downright dumb ways that um, uh. she just couldn't afford at that time to kind of take those, take those L's. But it is what it is. She's fine now. She's the mm. SmackDown Women's Champion. She certainly wasn't mm. ruined through all of that. It was just she has some blocks to put back on her building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just plain and simple. Mm. Um but anyway, we digress and um you know, the rumble itself you said about, you know, the surprise element and stuff like that. Um do you have one that comes to mind which would be your favorite surprise of a Royal Rumble match?
1: Um like it's gonna be. There's a few. The one, the one big cliche, um, which I'm guessing a lot of people would always say, is AJ turning up.
0: I mean, that was yeah. <laughs> um,
1: that was he was always to me the ne- the one that would never make it in the WWE, N- not because of his talent, but because of his talent. I remember thinking, that's it. He's gonna come in. They're gonna clip his wings. That's it. He's done. Um, I always saw him as Mister TNA. So um, I was a I. big fan of TNA, yeah. And I, like, it's uh, it's funny. Like in about 2006, um, I was getting someone into TNA, and they just fell in love with AJ Styles. And I, like I remember, we made AJ Styles custom creator wrestlers on like WWE, like SmackDown versus 2015 and stuff like that. <laughs> like we'd have to make the custom character because he didn't exist, but his move set did. Yeah, because <laughs> they captured his move set, okay. and because. Uh, Oh, um, Michelle McCall had the Faith Breaker as her, mm-hmm. as her finisher, which is just a Styles Clash. And so you could do the... It was Faith Breaker, but I was like, "Oh, it's because it's AJ Styles. And because of... oh, that's really smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just... And so AJ, AJ walking up against Roman goddamn Reigns, I remember thinking you know what, he's made... He looked so... Yeah, obviously, we didn't get to see all of him because of Roman is more important, but... <laughs> that face okay.
0: that he pulled, oh my God. Uh, I'll never forget uh, that, just uh, his lips and his eyes, and I was just like, show me the Titan Drone!
1: Yeah! Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, it was just the way it was just AJ... And I love the fact that no one thought... that, No one realised that anyone would know who AJ Styles was, and that pop he got, and it was one of those surprise moments... That like one of my favourites of all time because it mixed two. There was always this talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. I'd just seen him into in some the New Japan. I'd been following, the second he left TNA, I was following him wherever he went, like, not literally, i am not got that much money, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but <I'm, laughs> I would I would watch, like, random matches when he joined the Bullet Club, I got into New Japan, like, he got me into New Japan. That was AJ Styles that did that, because I was like, oh, so what's he in this Bullet Club thing? Oh, what's this Bullet Club? Oh, and he's, a oh, and he's still the best wrestler in the world. Oh, and he leads them. Oh, my God, and he's injuring people legitimately? No, it's because Wow, I and I thought he was never going to. Then he first time he did the Styles Clash, but yeah, that's my first big, big, um, like big surprise. I loved. um Also, just a random. I don't know if this is going to come in further, but if you're going to ask about funny moments in Rumbles or surprises, is um, you know when CM Punk was uh he he was he just shaved. I think he had um Luke Gallows and stuff, and he had his cult uh, which was Straight Edge Society. Yep. Um. And he did the Rumble where he just got on the mic. And cut promos. <laughs> and just... I...
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could save you. I could save you. It's 25. I could save you. Throw him out. And then just get back in the ring and go, so I'm just going to tell you again about how was like, I was watching that Rumble thinking this is fantastic. And, like and like it's, there, was, it's... It,
0: there was one moment in that Rumble, I think maybe... <sighs> I don't know who it was. It may have been Zack Ryder. He was talking and he was mid promising He's like, I can say... And then just hits him in the head yes. with the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was this golden moment. And I was just like, this is incredible. <laughs> Beth Phoenix came out and he gave her a go to sleep. I was like, this is amazing. I know. <laughs> he like, was, like, it was just destroying. That was a great... That, that, that rumble I remember enjoying. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. just remember it. That like, was 2010, 2011 maybe? 2010, I think. Um, and I just remember really enjoying that rumble, and he just made the first you know ten fifteen minutes of it magical. <laughs> yeah,
1: because I remember thinking, okay, they can't let him do that. That was my big. Wo- I was like, not worried, but I was like, I was like, I think I'm gonna let him just promo through the whole. This is at first I've never seen this before. It was one of those like. In the, um, a kind of surprise, the funny moment in the Rumble was probably, it might have been the Rumble 2000 or 2001, when they turned it into a hard, and probably 2001, turned it into a hardcore Rumble. I think uh, Raven oh, walked down and just started throwing, yeah, like... that was the year that Kane went mental, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> That must have been one. <laughs> and, like, yeah, it just became, like, a hardcore match. And I was great. like, oh, yeah, there's no DQ. Oh, yeah, there's no DQs. Oh, yeah. okay, actually. You know what? You know what? I'm going to low it. I'm going (laughs) to low it. That that reminds me when,
0: um, do you remember when, I think it would have been 2006 or 2007, Sabu brought out a table and Kane eliminated him (laughs) by putting him through the table? It was so good. I love, like, when you think of rumbles in that kind of way, yeah, it's easy to think about surprises and, you know, who won and who started, but it's all the bits in between that kind of make the rumble what it is, and it's like little things like that that don't happen all the time, but when they do, it's just really fun <laughs> it's just the fun aspect think- of that match is so it's just fun there's no way really else to describe it it's just the ultimate match
1: <laughs> that that rumble two thousand. i think it was 2000, 2001 kai and tai kept getting eliminated over and over again and there's a point in the match yeah like you look back at it now and you think god dang but like they one of them got a concussion i think it was Takamichi Noku got a concussion because he got thrown over the top rope by one of the acolytes the APA got I thrown over it was, the top rope. Yeah. And, yeah. and they just had, uh, and it was like, it was te- looking back at it now, what we know about like concussions and CTEs and stuff. Like, you've just got Jerry Lawler just going, look at him, he's going over again. <laughs> and they just kept replaying him falling over the top rope because they think they could like three or four times. They'd last for about three seconds, but thrown out like hard way, thrown out. And you just got Lawler just laughing. And they're like, and he's like, can the clip back on again? And he's just literally <laughs> constantly asking for this clip. And Kyle time must have been eliminated like two or three times. But I'd seen about 15 replays of a pretty bad injury over and over again. From
0: memory, that um, injury was pretty nasty. <laughs>
1: it was really bad and like Lawless, like I think he's gone to the hospital now but <laughs> I was like wow wow I mean it was a pretty bad pretty bad landing um, yeah yeah well, so that <laughs> sorry, sorry to
0: me like I think you know you take like like you said with like Things like that would like it turned into like a hardcore rumble, and then you have people like Kane throwing Sabu through tables, and um. But then you also have the element of sometimes within the rumble, there's really good like, almost really good wrestling matches within the rumble. You take like Shawn Michaels and Undertaker ending the rumble in 2007. They almost had a, a th- four star match at the end of that rumble. There were so many counters, and you know people, you know the element of someone going over the top rope and stuff like that. And I think with Like, how we've been saying, like, the Rumble is just, like, it is the ultimate match because there's so many different pieces of the puzzle um, to put into that match. Um, Yeah. So, you know, you go to, like, when I was talking about, like, Sean and Taker, you think of the, you know, the Hall of Famers that have not only won that match, but also have just been a part of that match. You have people like McFoley who come back, you know, at random times. To be in the Royal Rumble match, and you've got people like um, the Godfather. I mean, when the Godfather came back, and it was just like, Mm. "What?" Like, this is just—it's just. I don't think I can think of anything that is guaranteed. It it is nearly, you know, ninety-nine percent guaranteed that this is going to be a really fun time. Whether the Rumble match is quote unquote not a very good Rumble, or whether it's a great Rumble, Mm. there is that element of it's still a Royal Rumble and it's still fun. Do you Do you understand what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think also it's that there there is a prize at the end of it. It's mm. not a match for nothing. It's a match that kind of sets up stories for the whole of the year. Um, and I think I was think talking before earlier um, on the on the wrestling sh- uh, the wrestling week re- wrestling recap. Another quick plug. But whilst on the <laughs> guts no, But no, I was it. just plug on- away. <laughs> got a show, got a show, got a show. shiller <laughs> <laughs> has got a show. But like um, when when I was watching. Uh, Oh no just lost my thought there for a quick second. But uh, yeah, r- rumbles wise, um there's so many rumbles where this will come back to me in a second. Actually no, I'll come back to it when I remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> 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 I'll just that, trail you uh, off there straight no, away. Trust,
0: trust me, I do that all the time. Sometimes I'll start talking and then I'll be like, um and yeah, this is uh this is what I'm talking about and uh yeah. But I I, I, always I I, uh, I always do that, so don't um don't stress too much. But um ah.
1: Don't um,
0: worry about it. I do live TV all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Rumbles have that, um, you know, even when we're not looking at the Royal Rumble match itself, the event, you know, everyone's talking this year about how stack the card is. You've got Ronda and Sasha, Becky Asker, Finn and Brock, um, Daniel and AJ, and, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, if you think of matches at a Royal Rumble event that stand out to you, is there any that come to your mind that you're just thinking besides the Rumble itself this was a really fun match at the royal rumble event
1: um there's like rumble wise i always feel like there are really good matches normally on the undercard Mm -hmm. that people don't tend to talk about um mainly because the rumble is all-encompassing um i think thinking back on on rumble matches that i've seen like sorry matches that weren't the rumble um like there's not any that really jump out at me straight away because of how connected the Rumble is to those. Like, you know, like I can I can think about a year and think roughly probably who won the Rumble in that year. I can't. Um, say. <laughs> yeah, like because of how it connected it is to Mania. But like, oh, see, so that's a bit of a hard question. Like, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it to you. What would you What would you say? Um, awesome. The easiest
0: uh, one that I always go to is Rumble 2000 and Triple H and Cactus Jack in the
1: I was um, sh- street yeah. fight.
0: That is always my go-to if anyone asks me. Um, but then there's other things that like you think of, like um, uh, Rollins, Brock, and Cena, the triple threat from 2014, I want to say, or 13. Um, yeah. 15 even, maybe even 15. Whatever year it was, mm-hmm. um, that was an incredible triple threat match. Um,
1: that happened was then. was uh was punk punk rock was that one of the Rumbles? Punk rock
0: was it? that one of, that was actually main evented in 2013. That was the main event if you remember that the, the rumble didn't go on last that year that year. Oh. Um, rock rock and yeah, punk punk, punk
1: did. rock. Yeah, I I I'd say that's one of those matches that like again I feel like it wasn't the main event. No, it was because that, of the rumble that's that on me. The
0: You know, the main event has changed in WWE's landscape today. It's not necessarily the last match on the show. Yes, that is the, you know, traditional main event. But there is... WWE have so many um, stars in terms of mainstream appeal that there's three or four main events at a Mania. There's, you know, two or three main events at a Royal Rumble. Um, Really, if it wasn't for the Royal Rumble match itself at the Royal Rumble... Those four title matches, the two women's and the two um, men's championships, really, you could debate any of those could main event a show. I really do believe yeah. that. Any one of those matches I could, could... quote-unquote go on last. But in a sense, they're all main events.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's certain matches that, like, title matches that probably happened on Rumbles that I haven't thought about because, like, there they must have been. I'm trying to think of, like, there's, there's a memory in my mind of a Rumble where someone lost the title and then had to go into the Rumble. And I'm just trying to remember which Rumble that is. I think
0: that's happened. Someone with... had a title
1: match. It's happened that... on several occasions.
0: Um, I know that, mm, not last year, year before Roman lost, but he was the challenger in a championship match. And then he went the into the The one versus
1: Rumble. all thing, wasn't it?
0: Year, that was the year before. That was when he was defending the WWE Championship in a Royal Rumble match. That was the year with AJ. Remember, um, I was uh, saying before yeah, when yeah, AJ was, came out, it? Yeah. you were saying like how he was, you know, he was toe to toe with Roman Reigns. He was also toe to toe with yeah, yeah, the yeah, WWE yeah. Champion Triple H. But again, I totally won that forgot that. that. Year. Yeah, Triple oh, H won yes. the championship oh, and then yes. he fought Roman at Mania that year, and that was the kind of story. Um, I think a little of yeah. people forget oh, that was road that was stuff, for the it? WWE Championship, like. And it wasn't even down to Roman and Triple H at the end of that Rumble. It was down to um, Triple H and Dean Ambrose. Yeah,
1: mm, yeah. And yeah, then they had that sweet, of, yeah. sweet world block match.
0: Yeah, they had a really, really good match. And that was just, it was just, yeah. But a lot of people forget that that was for the WWE Championship, I think. Um, well, at least yeah, in that's... my mind, people forget about no, it. No, no. Do- I, yeah.
1: I totally forgot. Like, I, I, I totally forgot that that was for the, the Championship. Because, again, like, I think there's only, was a the Rumble, I think the one that Flair won the one that flair won yeah. back in the early because i've watched a few back that, that was, was like 92 title, it? wasn't it
0: yeah that was yeah title. That was, it was would have been that and romans that have been the only ones that have ever been for the wwe championship
1: i think i could that, be wrong and that was for a vacant championship no i think you're right that yeah. was for a vacant championship and like those kind of matches when there is a prize on the line like a real true prize like a ticket to mania is always great actually brings okay. back what i was going to say now there was, a, you know, the year when Mysterio won the yes. Rumble, um, there was a long period of time um, over that. And this is something that I kind of, re- I hope that they kind of do this a little bit more often, which is the winner of the Rumble um, would defend that title shot. Like
0: I do remember that.
1: And it was Mysterio had to defend it against, like, Orton and a few others. And they basically, they weren't fighting for, and it happened on several years, because Backlash was always like, well, you're going to put your title shot on the line against me. It's like, well, i just beaten 30 guys. Well, 29. So, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, but I loved that concept of them constantly doing it. And I think there's matches. Um, along those shows, where like you would see it just become bigger and bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. which gave gave that that win so much more because it's like, oh well, if I can beat you by proxy, I'll beat these other twenty nine guys. Um, that was my point, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I get <laughs> but- you. I get you, and I think there's, um, you know, with the rumble, we were kind of in our little pre kind of chat here. We we're talking about the sense of like these both the women's and men men's rumble this year. Almost don't need the big stars coming back for the Rumble. It is very star loaded. But I think in the past, yep. WWE has relied on bringing in nostalgia acts to sell tickets. You know, look at a mm-hmm. couple of years back, you had people like Brock, Goldberg, Undertaker all in one Rumble. And I think um, WWE is starting to realize that they have big enough stars to make these matches big. And I think, um, you know, if you look at Rumbles in the past, they didn't rely so much on those nostalgia acts in the early 2000s and and stuff like that. And then as you've kind of gone into, like, the later years, WWE have relied mm-hmm. on that. And I think we're getting to the point again where they're not. Um, but bringing me to my point is that, mm-hmm. you know, going into this year's Rumble, I can't really think of, with the exception of, well, even John Cena is questionably out of that match. Now there is no yep. past stars that they're relying to sell tickets on men or women's wives. Do you think this is a good thing? Or do you think that rumbles should have that element of nostalgia acts being promoted?
1: Um, it's, it's, it's not, I think it can only be a good thing that they don't have to rely upon that because the nostalgia acts are getting old. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean you don't want to, you it's nice to see them and i i think the, so the best performances in a rumble from a nostalgia act can be coming out hitting their music and they pretty much leave straight away I
0: agree.
1: um but but you don't need them to be there so if you if you have the if you have the workers there and it's something else we said in the preacher like i i like the fact that now the WWE are taking that time to play with the toys that they already have Mm -hmm. instead of going out or dusting something off because they have the star. The star power now is the match. Star power now is the WWE. Whoever you slot into those matches, as long as they're good and they connect with the fans, that's always a good thing. And, why rely upon people that are only going to be there on a short base, a short-term basis? They're great for mania. They're great for popping a rating every now and then. But you want to have your core workers be in those matches and reward them because some of these, some of these wrestlers, that might be the like, the biggest stage they're ever on. Some of the some mid-card yeah, and small carders. Yeah, I
0: agree. I agree with you completely. Like you look at, um, you know, I know we talked about the women's Royal rumble earlier, but this is just a great example. Last year, sure, they didn't promote you know, the Trish Stratuses and the leaders, it was a surprise. But we all knew that it's the first Women's Royal Rumble, Trish Stratus is going to be a part of it, leaders are going to be a part of it, and and so on. This year, um, it's almost to the, fa- uh, to the point where, yeah, there's six or seven spots remaining, but it's not, you know, it's not relying on the fact that we're going to see Trish Stratus in this Rumble. Sure, we might. She might be one of those surprises. But it's relying on the 20-plus girls that you have that are all very good workers and you can rely on each of them to promote this match to what it's going to be this year as opposed to being, you know, the stick. The, the thing is, the tagline is gone, there's no more first ever, mm. it is just a Royal Rumble match just as the dudes. So you're yep. relying on people like Alexa Bliss coming out and saying she's in the Rumble. They're relying on that lady to, maybe she's going to put a few more butts in seats as opposed mm. to relying on people like Lita and Trish Stratus that will appeal. you know please um, people from that used to watch wrestling in 2003 to see Trish Stratus come back and hit a chick kick. Um, They're relying on people like Alexa Bliss to promote and put tickets in seats, which I think is a great thing. They're relying on people like Bliss and Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. The list goes on and on um, as opposed Mm -hmm. to relying on people like Goldberg or Taker or Trish Stratus.
1: Yeah. And it's the best way to do business because You know, if you don't build the next generation of stars, you are going to stagnate and nothing's going to nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen because everyone will become comfortable. And, you know, you know that it's that whole like mercenary kind of like mindset. Sometimes people feel that someone like a Brock Lesnar or someone like a Goldberg has that they're coming in and they just want to make a little bit of money and they're going to leave. End of the day. Everyone's there to, you know, they're all supposed to be independent contractors. Mm-hmm. So if if you can't get paid what Goldberg gets paid, work for it, get there. You will get there. But as long as the Goldbergs of the world exist and walk into the company, you are taking that spot from someone like going back to that punk taker match. That Punk Taker match pushed um, a tag team match off the Mania card. I can't remember which tag team match it was.
0: It was a four-on-four uh, did... four intergender tag team match. I remember it because it was on Total Divas.
1: Uh, <laughs> well at least the promo worked <laughs> but I remember it pushed well, obviously I'm guessing on the Total Divas afterwards we lost the match because oh, of those they went, two they,
0: they were all like all sad <laughs> they're like the match went on before us went too long I'm like the match before you with Undertaker and Punk they can go as long as they damn well please funk it out yeah um, <laughs>
1: but I Oh, I, I, that was yeah. not tons of funk at all <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus! that's great. Uh, Yeah, you know, but at the same time, yeah, like to prove why you're supposed to be in that spot, like those two guys went out there and proved why they need to be in that spot. Becky and Charlotte went out and proved why they should be in that spot. Like you go out and you take that platform and you do what you can with it. If you're just gonna go out there and have a three minute match, yeah. But I've seen like, got, like if you watch some of the like old like WCW, ECW stuff, and you see guys, it's like, and you could tell you got three minutes, go out there and wow us. Like the women were never doing that up until recently because they were like, wow, we get paid either way, don't we? No one cares. Yeah. No
0: one gave and a crap. And I, I, I go on your point. Yeah. Like, people like, you know, the Goldbergs and the Trish and whatever coming back, if you don't give the people like Finn Balor and Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks the chance to do this now, in 15 years' time, you can't rely on those people for the little nostalgia pops because, you know, those people that we are relying on, well, not so much now, but in the last couple of years, um, like the takers and the the leaders and whatever, in 15 years' time, they're going to be in their 50s, in their 60s. They're not going to be able to be relied on we're gonna to have to rely on the people of now to help the next generation so if you don't give that opportunity to these people now while they're in their prime they'll never get to that spot that that a trish stratus or a goldberg or a whatever is at now
1: i've just had a weird flash forward as well oh my. so does this mean that in about 30 or 40 years trish stratus and Lita are going to be the may, may young and fabulous Mueller of the next generation
0: Oh my God. Imagine, you know what? I'd be on that track. Oh, I would be down. That would down.
1: be freaking awesome, wouldn't I, it? I would be down. Oh my God. I would love to and see it's like, it's a Golden like... girl style <laughs> show with them. Oh, that would be amazing. And,
0: oh man, <laughs> that could go in so many different avenues. Like, I'm just like, it's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> WWE is so like, there will always be people that are just around the WWE forever. And, I think, you know, it's safe to say that we're very big fans and we're going to be watching as wrestling as long as we damn well please. And, you know, we'll be on that ticket for Trish Stratus and Lita being those two great old ladies that are just running
1: around and whatever yeah, literally. it may be. Travel down the road and back again. I would love to see them, yeah. Just like, I could imagine them out sightseeing with, or oh, who would they be sightseeing with? They'd need, like, a male chaperone or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> who would they have? Someone like, oh, someone like Santino Morella. Oh, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Oh, my um, God, yes. i down, like, down with that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was, that was a weird touch. I just automatically, like, again, yeah, you look it, at people, just saying nostalgia. Plan. Yeah, nostalgia in the future. <laughs> nostalgia in the future. Like you're right. That I, I don't. I don't look at anyone right now and say and would say they have the same star power in 15 years that uh, a Cena that uh, a Cena. You know that Reigns. I think more people would pop for Reigns in 15 years than would pop for Seth Rollins.
0: I agree. I and, agree with you 110. percent He is, and this is no disrespect. I like Seth Rollins. I think he's very very great. Seth but Reigns was- is a. Biggest star, he is a star. You look yeah. at that man, and you're like, "That guy is a star."
1: Who is he? What does he do? And how do I get his number? It, like at every single point, he like, looks
0: like a star. Yeah. He carries himself as as, um, as a superstar. He he has that aura about him, and I think that's what um, WWE are trying to build. I think, anyway. WWE lately are really trying to build that in so many more people than just relying on Roman Reigns or just relying on John Cena. They're trying to build that in other people and trying to put that essence into men, women, whatever it may be. And it's not going to happen overnight. You're not just going to be like, this guy is a star, and then all of a sudden he's on posters, he's on talk shows it's just not going to happen. It, it takes some time, but I do think there is a sense of WWE are trying to create an equal level for more talent. I'm not saying everybody because everyone's on a different level, but they're trying to create at least an even playing field where you have an opportunity to make yourself a star.
1: It's exciting to see that, like seeing what's happening with Finn right now. I, I look at it and it's exciting it's different. Like I'm seeing them invest that time in people because they have to, like we're at a point now where they are no longer the biggest show in town. People can go somewhere else mm-hmm. if they really want to. And because of that, you are seeing people now that are, it is all about their brand, like the individual person. And they're like, well, I don't want to sit here and wallow away on five live. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. There's because other places I'm, I'm, to I'm...
0: go. There's other avenues to explore and, I think that's a good thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, and it is. And that means that it puts the WWE on their toes. We wouldn't have seen Finn even getting a sniff at the title if it wasn't no, for AEW. No no. No, 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 no way. No way. We wouldn't have got such a great NXT UK takeover show if AEW wasn't around the corner. We would have got a normal random takeover. They would, Finn wouldn't have been there. It would have been quite mellow. It would have been quite calm. It would have been very normal. If World of Sport wasn't happening, we wouldn't have even got NXT UK. Like There's, there's so, so many, many elements
0: t- and there's so many other places now where WWE have to make their talent want to stay. It's not about we're going to throw all this money at you. Sure, they can. And sure, that's a great incentive. All these people are, you know, this is their living. But there's a sense of I can still make top dollar in other places and other places want to do more with me. It doesn't matter whether you're Finn Balor or Sasha Banks. It doesn't doesn't matter. These people have to, their morale has to be happy. They have to be content with where they
1: are. Yeah. And, and that, that that goes back to what you're saying about, you know, invest and like kind of having these new stars and building them. They have to. And something like like the Rumble is a perfect place to do that. Like I, I always look at and I was looking back at some old Rumbles before we did this. And um, I remember automatically I thought of Maven and I put this out on our Twitter because that Rumble made Maven. It did. Like, drop, drop kicking Taker over there. I remember before he was eating bananas with Tory Wilson in hospital and stuff, and I don't know what the hell was going on with this whole thing. I can just remember this vivid image of Maven being in, like, hospital bed and Tory Wilson bringing in a banana and started eating it. Like, that's what he was doing. He wasn't doing anything. Then he drop kicks Taker over there, and it's. A surprise, because you're like, oh my god, it's Taker, it's Big Evil Taker, and you don't take no ish from no one.
0: And at that point, and... Maven was just the guy from Tough Enough, you know what I mean? Like
1: He's just some guy, he's just some guy, wasn't he, that was on TV, I mean, and then it was like, oh, damn. And it was that point when he was like, oh, and there was the shock of everyone going, but this is the Royal Rumble, and this is Undertaker. Wait, he just did that? Oh, actually, okay, yeah, after the match, he got destroyed by Taker, that's classic, but, like... It, for that brief moment, and for the weeks after, he was the guy that eliminated Taker from the Rumble. He it's, was no longer tough enough, Mason.
0: It's like the Rumble—you have a potential thirty people that you can build as legitimate contenders for a world championship in that time span of an hour and fifteen minutes, or whatever it is. Um, you've got you've got two Rumbles this year. You had two Rumbles last year. That's sixty. Ta- that's sixty pieces of talent that you want to make credible. For any one of those people winning the Rumble, whether it's whoever it may be in this sense, it, whether it's whatever. It's the WWE have to realize that that's 30 people or 60 people that they are dealing with. That if you don't make them look credible in a 30 person match, they're not, it's very hard to get them to look credible anywhere else, if you understand what I mean.
1: Yeah, um, I was actually going to ask you um, about what you thought of talking about people being credible and stuff. Um, what do you think about the Kofi, King, the Kofi Kingston? I'm going to call it the Kofi Kingston problem. Because Kofi Kingston is, you know, it's the Kofi... Naomi did it last year, and she I'm guessing she's now going to be the Kofi Kingston. The, you know, the hope spot, the Kofi Kingston...
0: When he does, Every he does single crazy, time. T- crazy things to stay oh. in the Rumble and then...
1: Well, I'm going to be in the Rumble for another 15th and I'm now kicked out. Yeah. Naomi did it. I remember in the Rumble, that was the Kofi... King- I call it the Kofi Kingston spot. I and it is, that. isn't it? It's the... It is. Yeah, and I remember... It. Th- but, but the Kofi Kingston spot brings itself a problem. The spot gets him over, but he can't really win the Rumble... Because no one ever expects him to. So if he does win it, and as you said, I don't feel like he's been built up as a credible enough character on his own to take that title, to win the Rumble. Because people would just think he fluked it or, you know, like the, for him, his big platform on that in that Rumble is that he's going to land outside and he won't act like he landed on Pancake Slash didn't he? So like, <laughs> yeah. lands on something. Yeah, like that isn't... But, like, but over time he can't do that spot anymore no because so... it's
0: only, even in the last few years the the spot has digressed as in it mm. was it started off you know he went through those three years where you know he was jumping on the chair and from the apron to the thing and it was a really cool spot but now it's almost to the point where it's not he's doing that for the coolness of it he's doing it because we expect him to do it and yeah in a sense I think even with um just talking about Kofi and Kofi Xavier Big E them to me are not, and I don't mean this in a, in a horrible way, but they're not three people to me. They're the new day. And yes. I don't see them as credible singles challenges. I, I I don't mean that they're all great workers. They all, but mm-hmm. you take one of them elements away from each other. You take one person out of that. And I could see that going sour fast. You look at what Kofi was doing before the new day and Sure, he was a great hand. He was in the mid-card. He was kind of, you know, staying in that kind of vein. He was never going – I don't ever see him ever was someone to break through into the main event.
1: See, there was a point. There was that very brief point when he almost did against Orton. Oh, yes. And I think that's – that. and he's. I think he's just been really unlucky because uh, do you remember Matt – what was he called in WWE? Matt Seidel. Uh, 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 Evan Bourne. Uh, Evan Bourne, yeah. yeah. So Evan Bourne, I remember Evan Bourne and uh, and Kofi. They were a tag team. Uh, boom. Air boom. How were they called? Air, air boom. boom, air That's boom. Oh, there you go. That's
0: terrible.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, but come on, like, I gotta remember, wasn't that, uh, not just that, but were, they were picked, their name was picked on a WWE poll, if I'm <laughs> and I remember and I voted for Air Boom, so come on, man, like, no.
0: like, so <laughs> it's you, you are the problem that they were called Air Boom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am the problem. Like I voted for Air Boom because of the other choice. I can't remember what they were. Dad. They were terrible. Yeah. um And like, like, and I remember really at the time thinking one of them should have been Jamaican Me Crazy, but it wasn't. I was really angry. <laughs> but like, because he had the Jamaican accent still at that point, uh, yes. and he's come out to Jamaican stuff on his trailer. Like, so I really liked that tag team. But then, yeah. Evan Bourne at the time, the spice situation, then get in, he got his first wellness strike, then he got another one, then he injured his foot and he went off to the Indies. Like, they were, they looked like they were really building around those two as actually a revitalization of the tag division. There was a very brief time when there was, and he was just really unlucky that his tag team partner got busted and then got kicked out of the company and he kind of swayed around the company for a bit, not really having a place to go or do anything.
0: Kofi just never really had a, 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 a... Every time he got a spot, some circumstance or another, it went away.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then they just never gave him the ball back. Like, every single time. It just felt like he was being kept down. That might have been a Vince thing, but obviously he gave him the... It might have been that he couldn't... Vince is very, you know i i was reading about some of the he 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 really respects people when they stand up to people Mm -hmm. and you know are kind of like confrontational in the back so maybe kofi was just a really nice i always look at sometimes you know people that don't get to the top uh, don't really break through they're probably really nice guys really nice because you
0: look at the people on top and you're like i could see you being a little bit of a dick Yeah,
1: exactly. Every time, but you'd look at those people—the good hands, the people that are happy to do the jobs—and you could just see them going like, "Oh, it's all right. You can get me next time." Yep. Like, like I would look at them as big, like the person facing Hogan in every single one of his matches. It's like, oh, I so he'll 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 put me over next time." Like, like, that's what Co- like some of those guys and are. I think like Kofi...
0: What we we're saying about Kofi is that, you know, with the Rumble and stuff like that, the Kofi Kingston last... um, spot or whatever, he will always yeah. be that person that is in the Rumble for, you know, a nice chunk of time, he will have a little moment, and then he'll get tossed out. There was many people in those years that are like that. Like, I don't, and I don't mean this in any disrespect at all, but, like, Cody Rhodes, he was always in the Rumble for a good chunk of time... And he would have a few little good moments and then he would get tossed out. Um, People like uh, John Morrison even, to a certain degree, had those moments in those um, Rumbles where he he did last a nice chunk of time. But it is that kind of, you know, that... You know those people like Kofi and stuff like that. That, to me, they aren't winning the Royal Rumble match. They're in there to provide the work and the chunk of uh, the the, uh, middle of the Rumble. But... They're not the beginning, they're not the end, they're just they're just the filler, they're just the um filling of the two pieces of bread
1: but but yeah, and you know the booking a rumble in itself like that's an if, if you think about it, that's a pretty mammoth, and you've just kind of alluded to the middle and the end and stuff, like a booking a rumble must be one of the hardest things in oh, the yeah. world oh, yeah. you've gotta you've gotta get it' it's almost like um I'd liken it to making like a like a playlist like a music playlist, and like instead of it being like a, a CD, like if you're burning a CD, so you're burning this to CD. Uh, take, my, take my old hat, put it back on. But like burning a CD <laughs> after you've ripped it from a mini disc. And then like you take this CD, but it's too late. You've burnt the CD. You give it to someone. Yeah. You have in that CD, you can either like have like just the same thing the whole way through or you can be a bit more creative and have like little peaks and troughs in there, mm-hmm. so you could have like the beginning like kicking off with like uh, don't to, don 't give my age away that quickly, but kicking off with a little bit of rock music and then you come through and then you bring it down some something melodic and then you just kind of waves and that takes some time to kind of craft together and knowing how the audience are going to react over you know an hour and a half and Keeping them there, being able to change on the fly, and having everyone ready, and getting them to hit their cues, and having exactly one minute and thirty—you can't see the air quotes—exactly one minute and thirty seconds yeah. between each entry. Like, it you is... know, that takes a goddamn time. Like, yeah, that's. And it's like out.
0: you were saying, I think in our pre-chat, you were saying you're a big fan of film, and to yeah. me, the Royal Rumble match is a movie. It starts mm-hmm. with, um, you know, introduction of two main parts of this Royal Rumble being one and two. You have your your twists and your turns, your your surprises and your your um predictability in some sense. You have some story elements in in all of this chunk of all of these thirty characters and then you're getting to your you know grand finale, your finish, and it is like an an hour span of a movie. You have your start, your middle, your end. And that to me is like it's not like you could write a movie overnight. You have to take your time with this thing. It would be so hard to put every single element into this script, essentially. Um, so to say what you, you know, kind of go over your point, it is like the booking of this match would be so incredibly hard because there's so many moving elements. There's so many people and everyone wants to get their shit in to a sense yeah.
1: Too. I, I wonder how hard it would have been as well in the years of the Hogan's, the Savages, exactly. the people that didn't want to go in at number... I don't want to go in at number four. I want to go in at number five. Why? No, no, actually put me in at number three and I'm going to last till number 20. Why? Okay, and then Hogan comes in. I'm going to last on number 21. And then something happens in the back with Elizabeth. I don't know. But, you know, like... <laughs> like Stuff like... Stuff, like they, there's... There's so many egos you'd have to keep in check in that. Like, it must have been a mammoth task the first time and every time after. Because you're right, everyone wants to get their stuff in. Every single person. Because that that, that that's the time that they can shine. And you said, like, about Cody Rhodes. I'm like, I don't think it's disrespectful yeah, to anyone to call them a good hand in a rumble match. Because, goddamn, you've got, what, like, how many people potentially around you? You've got to provide cover for this person. You've got to maybe... Like do something distracting over here because someone wants to have a breast break over there. You've got to then like na- navigate people coming out. There's extra refs. The crowd are going off. It's not a normal match by any stretch of the imagination. No way. And.
0: And it's no, also like, you, you know, you say people that are like good hands, like I always go back to Cody Rhodes. I just remember him being in chunks of rumbles for long spans of time. But then you've got to think of the nostalgia acts that are coming out that want to hit their, you know, your DDPs want to hit your diamond cutters and um, mm-hmm. whoever it may be. That person that is the good hand is always the one taking those spots every single time. It's the people that are in there for chunks of time that come in and take the diamond cutters and take the DDTs and then they toss them out that is what their role yeah. is. So you think of all the elements that go in and all the stuff that would be in your mind if you're in there for 30, 40 minutes, that might be two or three nostalgia acts that you're taking a DDT or a frog splash or something from.
1: And going back to that film like analogy, it's and like theatre, there are no small parts. There are only small actors. That is correct. Like, and so it doesn't matter. You'd be out there for 15, 20, Titus... Titus O'Neill, in the Greatest Royal Rumble, went under the ring. Yeah. That moment. Yeah. That moment was what? 11 seconds, if that. In 11 seconds, he cemented his legacy in Royal Rumble history.
0: It's so true. In it, it 11 was, seconds. It literally was just a moment in time that if you... That's literally the first thing I think about when you say Greatest Royal Rumble. I think of that. That is the yeah, moment of yeah. the Greatest Royal Rumble. The event itself, the match itself, um, just that whole thing is I think of Titus and I think of him slipping under the ring. Um, we talked yeah. about it for you know weeks after it happened. It was everywhere and it was in pop culture. People seen that everywhere. And it's such
1: a such a big deal that an accident that has happened within the... Something that was uncontrollable by the WWE that it was in... Like, I don't know if you've seen Botch Club on the network. Yes, um,
0: And they went under the ring. It's yeah. hilarious.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, ooh, the mythology of this is so of a guy slipping over and almost dying. <laughs> like, very, very lucky can, that like, Titus O'Neil so survived.
0: Like, when we talk like, they had like, you know, backstage things of, like, people reacting to Titus slipping and that... They said usually there's like a bar or something that is in the center of that. So he would have went head first and he could have potentially died in that spot. Like if you hit the top of your yeah. head, like they're just grateful that it wasn't there. But the fact that it wasn't and it was such a hilarious. I remember I was watching the greatest for a rumble and I was just because like, it was whatever it was. And I was on my phone, I think at that point, maybe. And I heard Titus's music hit and I kind of just looked up. I'm like, okay. And then he just slipped and I lost my ass. Like I was on the floor almost like just dying, like just like, holy crap. And they just kept replaying it and replaying. I'm like, I could watch this on loop for the rest of the whole time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: every single meme that i saw come out i i watched that like obviously that being quite a controversial event as it was i i did a live stream for i did a live stream for it and um it's it's quite i'm quite lucky to when it's a japanese like you were saying that your your closeness to japan means that japanese shows are at like a reasonable time they're at like normal Um,
0: wrestling times
1: Yeah, yeah like for me um japanese wrestling uh and especially like even australia super showdown um like they were on at like normal times in the morning so i was kind of up like seven eight o'clock doing this live stream not expecting a lot from this show ripping it apart as i'm watching the live stream going well it's terrible it's all propaganda and you could see it all sounded like really forced and in that one moment Everything broke down. Mm. Michael Cole started laughing, like, for real. And you could hear everyone. And I could I could just think, like, Vince must have been in the back going,
0: this is why we came here. This is why we came <laughs> Speaking of the see. greatest Royal Rumble, um, do you think, like, uh, like, so we have the 30-man Royal Rumble every year. We had 40 at one stage. The greatest Royal Rumble was 50. Do you think there is an element of was 50 too many? Um, it's like 50 too many people in a rumble. Was that, was that pushing the sense of the Royal rumble too much of like, okay, a rumble can become quote unquote boring.
1: Um, I think looking back at the Titus worldwide thing, yeah, world slide thing, like that probably saved that rumble mm. a little bit. At that point, it was starting to sag a little bit, in my opinion. I mean, I was like, I was, I was popping like crazy when Roderick Strong was destroying Daniel Bryan's chest
0: oh, with those too.
1: fucking chops. He was, I remember trying to explain to people, I was like, so Daniel Bryan came back, to like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? there's a picture of him. What happened? I'm like, yeah, so this guy Roderick Strong, like, he chopped him so hard that, like, his whole chest looks like it's now hamburger meat. And they were like, yeah, that's really... Yeah. And you could see the handprints and um, that point, And just seeing like angle versus Brian for that very brief second and stuff. There were flashes in that match where, um, I remember thinking, damn, this, this is, but again, what that rumble in particular, we all knew that it was for nothing. We all knew that it was for a, a trophy that no one would ever speak about. Um, or a, a t- it wasn't, didn't, wasn't for anything. Um, and, I think that 50 people can be too many it it's it but obviously the one minute and a half because I think we timed it as it was happening and we did like a real countdown on the times as it happened Um, and they they thinned that down to like 30 seconds 20 seconds of people coming in like Baba Tunde came in and I think it was in and out it was like who described Baba Tunde it looks like his name um but there was all these and you could you could tell that You had to start kind of delving deep. It was like, okay, so we need 50 people. We need 50. How are we going to get 50 people? All right. uh, Anybody just hanging around the performance center? Do you want to come to Saudi Arabia?
0: I think the sense of it, like, yes, 50 was too many. But do you almost think that if it was a regular Royal Rumble match, say, and it was a 50-man Royal Rumble Mm -hmm. match, do you think you would have been as maybe bored in the sense of that? Or do you think because it's the fact that they're going to Mania, you would be more interested?
1: I have to say that during the 40 months, I used to get bored.
0: Oh, so did I. I think yes, 30 is the perfect long. number. It's just the, it's the right... Yeah. It goes for, what, an hour and a little bit, roughly. Um, it's just... Mm. Anything more, especially in this day and age when the world and society is so sh- have such a short attention span, they can't watch anything for too long. Um, I think anything... Asking anything more than that, I think people would be uh turned off at least. I don't think they would you know c- you know stop watching it by any means, but I think people would be a little bit more it would start to lose its aura.
1: I, th- I think you also get to that point of the match as well where you know there's going to be rest breaks mm-hmm. and in a 30 ma- like because you're also asking some people that might have gone from one to the end to have you know hour 45 so there's going to be rest breaks through this match like the infamous Roman Reigns going have a nap outside for a bit yes. and coming back in like you know we know that's going to happen if there's 40 people involved in this whoever's winning that match is going to go take a little nap for a bit somewhere because and then it kind of it makes you lose, lose the match because you know that they're probably going to come back with massive, massive comeback at the end. Yeah. Like one of my hate must hated moments, but best moments was when Cena came back at that rumble when he wasn't supposed to come oh, back and he was fully was, injured. He came my out. God. Yeah. And he something. came out like, and he came out in word life gear and he just looked up and he was like, I'm here. And I remember, and that was at Madison square garden. I was, I remember mm-hmm. just thinking, you know what? I don't, I didn't, I didn't, not that I hate him, but I didn't really like resent the character at that point. So I was like, oh, it's Cena. Oh, it's Cena. Oh, it's, oh, it's Cena. But I think Triple H ended up winning that rumble, I
0: think. Oh, no, Cena Maybe. won that rumble, but Triple H ended up it's being rumble. in the match at WrestleMania. Yeah,
1: yeah, Cena, yeah, yeah. That it's was the r- year that rumble. Cena yeah. cashed
0: in, quote-unquote, his shot on the WWE Championship at No Way Out. He oh, went to February's okay. paper and he said, Randy, I want to fight you at No Way Out instead of Mania because I want the title now. And then Randy beat him by shenanigans. And then Triple H was like, well, I want to – he won the chamber, Triple H did. And then he went – so he got a title match against Randy at Mania. And then Cena come out and was like, nah, I'm in the match too. So then it was a triple threat. Oh, like, Randy yeah. ended up winning that. He's 24. So yeah, Randy would have ended up winning that match.
1: Was that WrestleMania because Hollywood? I don't know. Uh, that, no, that was him.
0: 21. 24 was Orlando. Um, Edge Taker was also at that. T- and Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair.
1: Oh, mm. oh, oh. oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love you. I, I watched that, uh, <laughs> I watched big, that the I, other I'm day. Like, I like
0: to, I'm really like, something I've noticed with doing these podcasts is that I'm really good with remembering events and like what exactly happened and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, I'm actually good at something. <laughs> this is. A, I'll own mm, it. <laughs>
1: Dude, there's, a, there's a lot of really weird, random wrestling knowledge unlo- like locked up in my brain, mm. and I don't really get a chance to flex it that often, but I'll just be like, oh, yes, did you know that during the event of Capital Carnage in 1993, and it's like, wait, I shouldn't know this. Why do I know this? Oh, yeah. Because I like wrestling. <laughs> like, it's, it's like the it's one really... thing that
0: I'm just real good at. Like, if anyone asks me wrestling knowledge, I'm like, "Yeah, bring it on." Ask me stuff about life, and I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about."
1: <laughs> if, if I was abducted by aliens and I was put in through some kind of game, like a game of chance or like a game of Jeopardy or something, yeah, like literal Jeopardy, like I would, I would be like, "Yeah." specialist subject, professional wrestling between 1999, <laughs> between, <laughs> hardcore between 1999 and 2005, i five, I'd give you everything. I'll give you whatever you want. But anything around those areas might be a bit fuzzy and uh, probing is not really one of my uh, benef- happinesses. with <laughs> will end that in a PG way. But uh, yeah, I, I, and professional wrestling knowledge, um, especially stuff like that. I, I mean, I know that there was they were trying to make a move to um, being more of a st- like a stat game. And I think they tried this a few years ago where Cole was constantly throwing out stats to make it similar mm. to like baseball and other sports coverage. That doesn't really work. But as you're saying, remembering random events and things that happened in there. Those are, you That's know, we moments. Care we'll... We don't
0: care about the percentage of matches this person has won in 2018. We care about when they've wrestled and why they wrestled there.
1: <laughs> yeah their motiv- their motivation it's one thing that new japan does way better than anyone else in the I, world uh, i become, i become invested in match i don't even understand what they're saying and i become I'll invested be in matches I'm,
0: i don't speak japanese but i'm like damn i want to I, see that because that looks intense
1: yeah and i can get what's going on through the medium of them telling it through their wrestling through something happening through seeing emotion you know like big emotions i was listening to um 83 weeks podcast the other day and they were talking about triple H and, you know, like it's terrible. Why did they let him go? And Bischoff starts to say like, Oh, you know, he was terrorizing at the time. We tried to get him over and it just didn't work. But one thing that triple H was really, really good at, and it's something that the Japanese guys are still really good at is making big movements, like big movements. Wrestling
0: is so extra. It really is extra. You've got to be over the top. If you're not over the top, you ain't going to (laughs) work.
1: You want you want. And it's like you want people in the top seats to see you, you know, like everyone makes fun of that, like when someone goes for a, um, a sunset flip and they're kind of whoa, whoa. like, yeah, that is funny if you're watching it on TV. But if you're way up in the bleachers, like way up in the sky somewhere and you're looking down at it, you're like, oh, that guy. Is about to fall over. You wouldn't know it's an intricate maneuver. Like wrestling is supposed to be played to the back. And you want, as you said, you want those big over the top characters, those big over the top moves that make the matches bigger than they are, larger than life. And I think
0: wrestling is larger than life. It's an, it's a, it's, we're almost living vicariously through this. and, it's almost what you want to do in life, but it's too extra and almost to a silly. So it's an element of pro wrestling that is kind of silly in a good way.
1: Mm, I I think I've said this before on, like, some of my other previous live streams, but, like, Foul Original is my wrestling gimmick. Like, he's yeah. totally my wrestling gimmick. Like, and I love him. He's great. He is just me turned up a little bit. Um, And you have to be, because if you're not, like, you know, you, it's. It's, you want to get over by being that little bit you it's you and that's why i can really respect professional wrestlers a lot of the time because it's just them mm-hmm. and they're just kind of playing to they're, they're playing to the crowd as much as they can they're playing to the back and they, they're going to be extra they're going to be like over the top as hell because they want your attention they want you to look at them there's so many uh, triple h said this on uh about annexed about all elite wrestling earlier on today actually um and he said they said do you worry about all elite wrestling this competition and stuff and he said we compete against everything and it's something you said earlier about you know there being so many other kind of you sitting there watching the royal rumble with your phone in your hand mm-hmm. like that that's not anything against, like, generation now that have that ability. But when it was me, I ain't got no other screens to be watching. I was, my eyes were fixated on that television. Like, I might have had a book in my hand, but I can't read. So it's, I just look straight good, at the It's
0: point. weird the world we live in because obviously I'm not going to be sitting on my phone while I'm watching, you know, the Royal Rumble this, this, this um, weekend. But in a sense, it's like what I've grown up in is that, I was, you know, I grew up with a phone from the time I was 9 years old. I I'm 20 I'm 23, so I grew up in that very um pivotal technology kind
1: of well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: <laughs> So like it's weird like if if I'm bored, the first thing I grab is my phone and it's the first yeah. thing I'm looking at is just because I'm so used to this society is that that's just what I've grown up with and I do think and I agree with you in so many ways I wish I didn't do it it was just it's this generation and I wish that we didn't have everything so accessible in a way because in a in a way it kind of ruins a lot of different things not just wrestling wise but um, everything is at our fingertips and in, in 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 some ways it's amazing if I didn't have my phone or something like this I would never be able to do stuff like this and connect with people like you because it just wouldn't yeah. be accessible I mean I'm you know on it you blows know, my the bottom mind of the world day. and you're, we're so Dude,
1: you're, the, you're, where the, you're where the water goes around the, to- uh, like the toilet rung like that's <laughs> literally where you are right now like, it's, and it, it's and so it, weird in a
0: sense like if I didn't have that we would never be able to connect. I'd never be able to talk to you. But in what you're saying is that um, it's, a, it's so backhanded in what it does because if something is boring, I don't look at it and I'm not paying attention to it. I'm not giving it my undivided attention because I have my phone. I have something better that I can look at. And in the sense of wrestling, that may be the AEWs, that may be the New Japans in a sense of I could be watching New Japan on my phone while I WWE events on in the background and I'm picking and choosing yeah. what I want to watch.
1: Mm. And your your attention can be split between both of them. So it's never like I I apparently I fall under something called the analog millennials where we knew about V we lived through VHS. We lived through DVD and so all the most of the main physical medias then we in our relatively years, then got into uh, got <laughs> kind of to a bit of mystery. Here. But during our like middling years, actually not middle ages. I'm not that old, but ju- like during those years, my formative years, like w- computers started becoming a bit more accessible. Like the, uh, I remember being about twenty something, and the iPhone coming out, and it being like, yeah, but I could just use Facebook on my computer at home. Why would I do that on my phone? That's stupid. Get off your phone. What are you doing on your phone? Don't take a picture of yourself. We're having fun. Stop taking a picture of us having fun. Mm-hmm. Let's have fun together. And I didn't have an iPhone. So to me, I was like, well, this ain't, this ain't really going to last. No one's going to sit there on their phone. And it's happened. And I don't look at that in a bad way. It took me a lot of long time to kind of really want to get an sm- actual smartphone. Because I was like, I don't need I don't need it. It's almost I don't
0: like, it. like, so... In a sense of my generation of people, if it's not on Snapchat, it's almost like you haven't experienced that life, that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're not taking a picture of you and your friend hanging out at your house or playing a PlayStation or being out and drinking with friends, if you're not Snapchatting and documenting that time or Facebook, whatever it may be, it's almost the mm. sense of it hasn't happened in our generation. If you, I don't yeah. know if you understand what I mean, but...
1: Um, no, no, no! I told you, yeah. I told you there's not that there's not that many years between us. No, but no, no, like,
0: no. but even in the sense no. of like, um, watching a wrestling event, um, like it's just so natural for me to have a Snapchat put out on my story, and it's like, here I am watching the Rumble with all of my friends, and it's like almost if I didn't do that, people would be like, "Where were you? Why weren't you watching that?" It's like, "Why are you knowing every part of my move?" But it's on me as well because. I'm just like everyone else, and I'm documenting absolutely everything I do. It's a problem, and but it's 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 a good and bad thing.
1: I think you, it's 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 you've just it's it's not not it, it's not, and it's never been like a generational thing for me. But we all kind of enter into a contract when we allow when we kind of get into get involved with technology in that kind of personal way like and i remember that i don't have a face i don't use my facebook anymore yep. because i lived through when facebook started and i remember it being like "Ooh, like we've got pictures of people i have not seen for ages i've connected with some old friends and i was like that's great and then it was constant where are you now luckily at the time Obviously, I put up status messages, look back at some of them now, and I'm like, what an edgy teenager I was, what an edgy teenager I was. <laughs> I like, read back one of my statuses the other day, and it said, <laughs> it "said boiled egg sandwiches plus, um, plus Big Bang Theory equals bliss. I was like, what kind of stupid stuff was oh, all right back some then? Of the
0: stuff, I was like 13 when I first went on Facebook, so <laughs> some of that stuff that I would write, and I'm just like, oh man, this oh, is documented on here terrible. forever.
1: I know, but, but I'm lucky because most of that time, yo, like, that was done. I got random stuff on maybe, like, forums here and there, um, but I don't have, like, a single thread where I could just go, ah, okay, so this is you, and let's just, oh, well, that connects to that social platform, and that connects to that, and that connects to, oh, okay. There was there was a story here in the UK, very quick digression, but there's a story here in the UK of a lady that we had the first ever um, – uh, police commissioner young police commissioner and they were between the age of 16 and 18 and they were supposed to deal with youth issues within the police Um she was brought in and about a week or two later and she was 18 they she was the daughter of like quite a high constabulary or something it, they found in, like, found loads of racist, like, it doesn't like months before she'd gone for this, racist tweets, which, okay, they were racist, but they were almost like she thought that she was having a discussion with friends on Twitter, like, through the tweets. Yep. She didn't realize that, I guess, that they were going to be exposed to a larger platform. And just a few weeks later, they're like, okay, but yeah, but you just said this about this minority you just said this about this minority how do you feel she was like, oh that was that was so long ago they're like no that was like two months ago um in her mind she was like well that's just the internet that wasn't me and i think that there's a hard it's, it's hard lesson for some people to learn now but the amount that you put out there like i love doing this i, I absolutely love doing this doing it under foul original pseudonym is fantastic because i get to do whatever i want basically mm-hmm. um but but if it was Mimi, I wouldn't necessarily say everything because it's, I mean, maybe it's just like the generation, What I've seen now, like how people potentially not get hurt by it, but they can maybe make that connection too much. And then like, Two weeks of December, yo. I was on. I was on Twitter every single day, doing loads and loads of stuff. That's how I connected with a lot of the community because I was like, I got two weeks off work. I want to do some stuff, and I want to get connected with people from across the world because of my time zone. Um, and it would be if it wasn't technology, I couldn't do that. But I do understand that doing this sometimes is going to take my attention away from something else.
0: Yeah, but and I completely in, in agree. The best way. I, I agree in, in every sense. It's just, um, it's it's just like I said before. Everything is so accessible, and you're. It's almost like you're under a microscope, no matter what you do. So, um,
1: it's. No, it's, I, feel, I feel I feel for your generation in that sense. That yeah, it's it's the it is it's not inclusion as such it or exclusion it's 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 the kind of thing for me when i was younger would be like hey man i just got some like nike shoes they're like yeah you got nike shoes and if you didn't have nike shoes then you were not not cool mm-hmm. but then over time you just have to have that brand and you don't realize it um but there's nothing wrong with that that's just the way that you know like this generation the is and i don't in that
0: kind of in that kind of zone and we're just used to it and it has its positives and negatives like everything. Um, in a sense of wrestling, it, I think the internet has taken a lot away from pro wrestling um, in sense of element of surprise. That's no longer a thing because everything is at our fingertips and we are literally living and breathing pro wrestling at any time of the day, 24-7. We can access anything about wrestling and it is the time of... The fan wanting to know everything when in a sense it would almost be better if we could eliminate that aspect altogether and just it would make the product better as a fan viewing it
1: i think do you do you you think that like do you think that if we took away the i mean because it's 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 a question that a lot of people you know kind of ponder over for a long time if if do you think that well two things do you think we could go back to kayfabe like true kayfabe and do you think that that would help the product
0: um i don't think um i don't think we could ever go back to true kfabe just because we know too much about the the art of pro wrestling take away all like dirt mm-hmm. sheets and stuff like that um i think the world is too enamored with what pro wrestling is and not only that wwe and other other wrestling promotions have been too open with the fact that the behind-the-scenes stuff of it, sure, it's interesting, and I'm the first person to get on that that train and watch everything about pro wrestling because I love it. But in a sense, yeah. um, it almost takes away from the, um, the appeal of pro wrestling because we know so much about it. Yeah, like, okay, you yeah. take a TV show, you take a show like Friends, for example, whatever mm. show it may be, Sure, we know these actors and actresses from this show, and sure, we know how this show was made to a sense, but we don't know every single script element of Friends. Pro wrestling fans want to know every single detail about a pro wrestling match, a pro wrestling segment, whatever. It's, yeah. it's that element of the unknown of like, is this, you know, what's this about? Instead of knowing it all the time and, and trying to find out exactly why A, B and C is happening... Just take it for what it is. Enjoy the product. Yeah. Don't dissect it as much. I love breaking down pro wrestling and, and knowing things about pro wrestling. Trust me, I'm the first person. But in I know how I am as a fan that I take pro wrestling for what it is. WWE for what it is. I try to always look on the next thing and where they're going. You know, I try to get in my own mind and see where they're going. When so many people are so negative on the product, especially WWE, yeah, is that is just. You are taking away the fun for yourself. Stop dissecting it so damn much for everything that's happening, and just enjoy the segment. Like, okay, like you take the the Mandy Rose and Naomi stuff that's been going on, and a lot of people have had their opinions on it. Guess what? I like mm. that storyline. Was it poorly executed? Maybe in a sense, yes. In theory, it's a real life story. Um, a heel is doing bad things. Stop trying to find out. You know, stop trying to be like, but Mandy Rose wouldn't do that as a person. You know, Amanda Sacramento, whatever her name is. um, She wouldn't do that as a person, but it's like she's not that. She's playing a character named Mandy Rose. Stop trying to dissect this storyline for so much more than it is and just watch it. You would watch a TV show and that kind of stuff happens and you don't blink an eye at it. But because it's pro wrestling, you blink an eye at it. And I think that's what this kind of the world has kind of formed into is that. It's just analyzing things way too much, and we live in a world where everyone is offended about something. And I think, um, I just think that you know that's just an example. There's other things, obviously, but I just think we live in a world where that's too. It's too analyzed, and we just got to take things for what they are.
1: Go, go, going back to that point, you make that is very, very valid. The one thing that I have to say is, you know, we said before about if you're going to have something like the Alexa Bliss thing, like you need to get people over. The Alexa Bliss segment got no one over, mm-hmm. but that Mandy Rose segment got got Mandy Rose over, got Naomi over. It got Jimmy. It's Jimmy Uso, isn't yep, it? Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah, yeah. It got Jimmy Uso over with the female fans. I would feel because they'd be like, "Hey, man, he's loyal." It got him over probably with some guys and some of the odd core audience as well. Like, you know, yeah, they're married, and you've used a real life situation to your advantage. And everyone's everyone's got over with it. Like, like everyone it made, is over it in it that segment. Me, I,
0: I don't care. I get a lot of things on Twitter, like people bashing me for this. But I'm a Mandy Rose fan. I think Mandy Rose is actually... She's she's obviously got a long way to go. She's got some potential. That girl obviously has a, an appeal about her. She does look like a star that you could... Vince McMahon could put that woman on a poster in the sense of what she looks like, just taking... Well, Goldis loves... Yeah, she's a a very pretty lady, and she you could put that woman on a poster, and people would look at that, for whatever reason it may be. Girls um, would look at her for different reasons, men, whatever. But in the sense of this story, Mandy Rose is not meant to be liked, so therefore, A, they're doing their job there because... She's doing sinister things like trying to, you know, get in the middle of a marriage and try to get in Naomi's head and stuff like that. That's
1: just a soap, that's the literal soap opera storyline. You know, literally
0: like a face literal in You know exactly, there's no grey lines. Naomi is the face. Cheer for her. You want Naomi to beat the crap out of this horrible, vindictive woman. And Mandy Rose is doing anything she can. You look at their match on SmackDown this week. Mandy had Sonya and they cheated to win. Mandy Rose, you know, with the dirty win and ran away. Mandy Rose is a, what a hundred percent is what a heel should be. She's cheating. She's doing horrible things and no one likes her. So why yeah. in every sense of the word is everyone, you know, just crapping all over this because what they use, the little real, ma- real life element was what exactly what everyone says they want in progressing in this day and age is they want real life stories that would actually happen. Guess what? This kind of stuff happens in the world. Maybe not this extra, but you got to turn things up a little bit for TV, but Mandy Rose mm. is a sinister woman doing horrible things and no one should like her. Stop, stop. People are going to start realizing that there's people behind these characters and they're just like, just like how I said about friends, Lisa Kudrow is Phoebe. Mm. You know, we're not judging yeah. Lisa Kudrow for doing things that Phoebe would do. Do you get me?
1: Yeah. But I, th- I think it's that, you know, you, you're saying about the Mandy Rose segment, it was so watching that kind of happen as well. I mean, The first we knew about anything happening was images and reports from people from the smackdown taping saying why is there a picture of mandy rose in a towel up on the screen oh this is terrible oh my god what's happening oh this must be because oh they go to the attitude there was so much furore over a picture of her in her towel on the screen to start with and it was like oh my god this is the end of the women's evolution this is it this is it it's over it's over i was like like, it's her in a goddamn (laughs) towel it's like there's
0: all these elements of women there's Not every woman is going to be, you know, straight up, I'm a great, you know, I'm the best women's wrestler in the world. You know, you have that, but there's all these different kinds of women and men that have all these different kinds of characters and you choose whether to like the character or dislike the character. If that makes you dislike the character, WWE are doing their job. And all in all, you know, talking about the Royal Rumble, is there not a sense of all these people that want to see Naomi throw Mandy Rose out of the Rumble this weekend?
1: I mean, exactly how many people want to see... Everyone else just clear the area and let her kind of like lumberjack style, you know, two two women enter, one woman leaves. You know, they just circle around. lumberjack. That would be an amazing spot. That'll be we a built will
0: be eating it up. We'll love. We'll be like, see you later, Mandy Rose. Naomi's got her little revenge on Mandy Rose for being doing all these horrible things to her. That takes away her ability to go to WrestleMania. Naomi's triumphant. The good guy wins. That's a story. That is a pro wrestling story from start to finish.
1: Yeah, or they take they both take each other out, and then they fight on all the way along out to the back, and then that's it. You see them; that's done. But either way, as you said, there's some kind, there's, a payoff. there's some kind, yeah, there's a payoff. There's it meant something. That segment meant something as part of a larger storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, but you know, I, I think I think people nowadays, as you said, get offended quite quickly over mm-hmm. things quite easily, and. That's, that's sometimes people get offended for for, for selfish reasons, mm-hmm. for self promotion reasons. Um, but also sometimes people get offended because they're offended on behalf of everybody else.
0: I, I agree completely, like, and I think people are looking for reasons to be offended, just to be offended. Um, especially
1: if... with what you sorry, what you said about the negative kind of aspect mm-hmm. of like the fandom at the moment. People are looking for a reason to hate. So, like, the host of that Smackdown show was pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Oh, but Mandy Rose was there in her underoos. And it's it's like, like,
0: yeah, so what? Like, she's a woman, she's flaunting her body for a man to get inside this woman's head. Like, yeah. it's a story I mean,
1: how many times have we seen a storyline Of potentially a guy Probably creeping on a Like, we literally had the same storyline Not that long ago With Lana, Dolph Ziggler, Rusev And, uh summer a, yeah. yeah and we had a very very similar storyline and were people complaining about that no because right. it was it was a storyline and they didn't care and that was a re- that was even more real life when you think but everybody knew the exactly. russo yeah. barna yeah and people ate that up and you're right like it's nowadays again i think it's i i said this about the whole Alexa of listening which is yeah Everyone in the arena and everyone on Twitter was all very much, oh, no, oh, no. But those views, those videos, they exactly. got them views. They numbers. got, yeah, way bigger than anything. One of the videos um, had more views than the Roman Reigns leukemia announcement, the Alexa Bliss video.
0: Yeah, and it's like, and it, that's, in, in it a doesn't. sense, I, as a business, like, it is a little bit of not clickbait, but just for a lack of better terms, but (laughs) WWE want you to click on that video. They want to get more eyes on the product and whether it means that they click on that video on YouTube and three other WWE videos come up on the side. Who knows? Maybe 5% of people will only click on another video, but that's 5%, then that's another 5%, and then before you know it, you have a bigger audience because of things (laughs) like that. Yes, I agree with you that the Alexa Bliss segment was done with no payoff and there was no real reason it happened at least with the Mandy Rose stuff it come to you know Naomi and Mandy had a match this week they have a feud um, and yep. as for people that clamor for women to have feuds that aren't just about titles this is one and you're shitting all over it and it's not gonna really mm. do anything for WWE sense to do more like this
1: yeah and I mean I, I think I think that's that's the that's the beauty of of wrestling right now is there's a lot of experimentation Mm -hmm. and SmackDown is perfect for that. I I, I've I really, really love SmackDown for being a different show every week.
0: Oh so do I. Um, It's so good.
1: It's it is every week. There's something different. Like uh, the the evening, oh, it's gonna be total tangent. You know when the All Elite Wrestling show happened? Yeah. Um, so the rally, even the rally, and so it's a double or nothing rally. And I remember thinking, all right, well, what are they gonna do on Smack? How can they, you know, how can they combat what's just happened across the road? You have got Daniel Bryan in the concession stands, and you know, just hanging out with the fans, sh- shouting at them. I'm like, oh, okay, because. Normally, you would have just opened in the middle of the ring doing something. Yeah. Or we had that show when we had that, that weird backstage kind of reminiscent of Paul Heyman telling people in ECW, like, with yeah, Shame at know, Man saying, "Page like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and some really interesting stuff. And I remember thinking, okay, this is the actual experimental show. This is the show where things happen. So watching the Mandy Rose segment as well was like, oh, well, this is how you could have done it on Raw.
0: I agree like, with you completely, you and been. SmackDown is so good at... So you have a week like this week's SmackDown, where it was very, um, for the most part, match-heavy, and then you had a week like with Mandy, the Mandy Rose segment and the Daniel Bryan segment, where it was very segment-heavy and both catered to the same and different audiences. Like, it, it's SmackDown is collectively, I think, um, really, it's not pandering to one niche of an audience. I don't think, I think it, it panders to casual fans and it does to, you know, us, you know, hardcore pro wrestling fans, um, whatever you want to call us. Um, I think raw on the other hand is so much on the casual fan side that we get turned off of it, but that's not being, that's not to say, cause we're not casual fans. We don't know how raw is viewed from that point of view.
1: Yeah yeah I, I i i think i think that's that's part of it like if you're deep within it if you're kind of like deep in it you don't see it's it's the echo chamber kind of thing like i have to speak to non-wrestling fans mm-hmm. to know if they know of a wrestler because if i don't ask them I, i'm in an echo chamber I'll, I'll know about this person before they even the whole like all elite wrestling thing like i know that Talking about it, I'd say MJF. I'd say um Joey Janela. Oh, we had that match with David Arquette, and they're like, "Yeah, you know the match where he bled everywhere." Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. So David I Arquette, the what guy who's talking about.
0: But if I was to yeah. ask Implicitly. my mom what's going on, she'd be like, "Stop speaking a different language to me." <laughs> yeah,
1: what what language is this? But to me, that's a really good like yardstick, almost to say, "All right." But I'll, I'll go through a bunch of names and there will be that name and All Elite Wrestling did that. It's like you know, Joey Janela. But then there's some people I know that I just go, do you know Chris Jericho? Oh, I know Jericho. Is he still wrestling? Yep. Oh, Yeah I had someone telling me about, what about that cruise he was doing and stuff? And I was like, oh, dang. So totally I'm telling him about you. the cruise. But it's the big name, isn't it? And, and like I, said, you, I, guess say.
0: I think I was saying to you on the pre-chat or maybe earlier, but like I said about my mum and how she knew who Becky mm-hmm. Lynch was. And it's like, okay, that is my measuring stick for how I know someone's gaining traction into pop culture. Because if someone who does not watch wrestling, like my mum or like a friend or something like that knows who Becky Lynch is, that is my kind of uh, gauge to say, okay, Becky's making an impact because I know I love her, but I also love someone like, Sonya Deville, or I love someone like Finn Balor. Where my mum, if I said those names to my mum, she would not know who they are.
1: No, uh, yeah, and and that's and that's I think like in general, like rumble wise, that that's why I feel like it's a really. I always kind of say to people, if you don't watch wrestling, it's probably the best way to know if you'll like it or not. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because it's a bit of a marathon. It's, you're going to see a lot of people very, you, you, like, it's it's a kind of match where you just have to sit there and just watch it. Like, you know, in, in a normal wrestling match, in like I say, a one-on-two or a tag match or something, you have that time to explain to a non-wrestling fan, okay, so this guy did this thing. They got, these two guys used to be friends, but now they're they're enemies. And, these, and you've got that time to kind of put it into context. Yep, I agree. Royal Rumble is... You Guy runs any time. It. You're
0: like, okay, Guy runs you just take who you think you're going... People and also people that don't watch wrestling that watch a rumble, I find, um, because I'm not explaining why this is happening, people gravitate to people just based on a flashy clothesline they did or that looked cool, they did a cool splash from the corner. I like this person. And then they get invested in 30 different people and you can kind of gauge, or for, at least for me with non-wrestling fans, I can kind of gauge what is appealing to them as opposed to me hammering them with information and they're getting so overwhelmed. There's no time for them to prejudge in their head of who they think they're going to like just based on what I've told them. I have time to tell you who Tom, Dick, or Harry are. You just got to go and just decide for yourself. If you don't like wrestling, I think, after a Royal Rumble, I don't think Mm. that – or at least it will take a lot more time for you to understand wrestling. I think.
1: Yeah, because... Yeah, no, no, you're right. Like, th- th- I think you're getting that very brief amount of time, I-, I think it's a really good way to kind of take, like, kind of like a taster menu of wrestlers. Yeah. Because it's like after, the like, almost. you can... not Yeah, because yeah, you can see that person and you might only see them for, like, 30 seconds. And as you said, they might, like, see something that they do and go, you know what, who is that? But again, in a rumble match, you can be watching that match and you have that... It's normally after they've been eliminated. You're like, well, who was that person? No, I agree. And you're like, with you completely. Oh. And like during the match, they're not going to because they've not, because they'll have seen a few people get quickly kicked out and they're like, no, no, I like this person. I don't want to talk. I just want to watch. And then they'll watch and then they'll be like, so who was that? Like, why was that? Did they do that all the time? And then you start
0: like hammering them with information. Like, okay, like how I said in our pre chat, um, one of the, a, f- a friend of mine, she gravitated towards Natalia, and it was just after a match of Natalia's. And then I started hammering her with inf- information about Natty. And then all of a sudden, you've got a Natty fan who's purchasing a shirt on on WB Shop's website because of just it. Literally, was the discus clothesline that she did. That is what gravitated that girl towards Natty. And it's so weird how pro wrestling can capture an audience like that, in terms of a rumble, people are just essentially coming in and hitting, you know, signature moves and and taking little break spots and getting thrown off for a top rope. That's essentially what they're doing in, you know, layman's terms, of course, in dummy terms, but that is essentially a, a rumble match. It's, it's a 90-second break between each person. They come in, they hit their signature moves, and then... You know, there's lots of hope spots and stuff like that towards an elimination. And if someone can grab your attention in that 90 seconds before another person comes out, that's doing its. the Rumble is doing its job of getting more people to watch.
1: Yeah, because yeah, that, that, that person that only liked that person for 30, 40 seconds, and if they're a casual fan, they're actually probably more than likely to sit through a three-hour roar. I agree. And go, ooh, I like that because again, they've got an idea of roughly who all these people are, and they know, oh, I don't like that person. That person's a bad guy because they can feel that in the rumble that that was a heel, that that person did a healy thing. And even and then, like
0: if they're only watching, you know, I I could say to this person after they've watched a rumble, say, hey, Raw's on tomorrow. Do you want to come and watch Raw? Hey, I want to watch. I want to watch um, Finn Balor. I like Finn Balor. They will sit through that show to watch Finn Balor. Therefore, they're seeing everyone else to get to Finn Balor. So therefore it's just like the strain, uh, the string of it. And all of a sudden they're on the hype train of WWE or pro wrestling in general. Um, And I think as you know, we're kind of winding down now anyway, with this chat and stuff like that, with rumbles and stuff like Mm. that. I just think all in all the Royal Rumble match itself, take away the event, the Royal Rumble match itself does its job for getting more people to watch wrestling, I think. Because any any WWE event, is that's what WWE's aim is. They want more people, more eyes on the product, and I think the Royal Rumble is the perfect example of the perfect match to do so.
1: I I I think it's from, and I was saying this earlier on in the week, Yeah, like it's Rumble week now, from Rumble week, from this week onwards, is the most exciting time for me to be a wrestling fan. Oh, me too. Like every single year, because... There's so many people who kind of come out the woodwork because they're like, oh, I haven't watched it for ages. I haven't watched it since Mania or I haven't watched it since Survivor Series. You know, I'll give the rumble a shot. And there's just so many more people about that are watching it. And it's exciting because so many like in the next few weeks, we've got potentially it's not going to happen. I hope it doesn't. But Kenny Omega could come to the could come to the WWE it's in a, time for the a, it's Rumble. A, it's of theoretically,
0: it's a <laughs> like it's not out of. No,
1: but that's what I'm saying. It's a possibility. It's not. It's not impossible. But you know, I hope that it doesn't happen. But oh, well, maybe that will happen. Like there's all these things that are happening, and then you know, like from start from probably Wrestle Kingdom 13 onwards. I've been on the hype train, like pretty much uh, like the whole way because i'm just like any little any little bit of news any little bit of this i was like oh this is the beginning to my rumble mania i call it it rumble mania
0: it's just it is the best time to watch just as 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 much as you and i are in the in deep in pro wrestling it is just the (sighs) best time to watch wrestling period
1: and I, I think for anyone, and I like you know, people say New Japan uh, Wrestle Kingdom is the best time to get into like New Japan. Um, I would say that Royal Rumbles for for a lot of people is probably the best time of the year. If you're not a, like if you're a casual fan or you're a lapsed fan, it's the best time to jump back in mm-hmm. because it's it's like the set like the clock gets reset to a certain point and you, you get a chance to appreciate a lot of people for, you know, that shot. Maybe they will be, maybe they can, maybe they, and you see those familiar faces. I am. Yeah. I'm so, so dang excited. Thank you very much, Josh, for hosting me on this. Uh, man. No, God uh, I you. have,
0: I have one more final question I have to ask. Who is walking away Mm. with the men and women's Royal Rumble victories this weekend? If you had to choose, if you can't choose, I understand because it is very hard. But if I want to ask you, who do you think is walking away with the two Rumble victories?
1: All right. So I did this earlier on just in preparation for the show. Um, Now, wrestling logic, I would think that looking at the people on the women's Rumble, um, that Charlotte Flair would win. Um, there was speculation earlier on That potentially if uh, Say uh, Becky lost a match That she'd go into the Rumble Stone Cold style. I'd like this mm-hmm. But could go into the uh, Rumble Stone Cold style Just defeat everyone and then just go Yeah that's it Ronda I'll see you later Like that would be nice But wrestling logic it will be Charlotte Flair Because okay. um, she didn't win last year um, And For the men's um, I I See, on the men's, I thought that was the hardest one to pick. I, the women's I agree pop- with
0: you too because I'm doing my predictions with someone else tomorrow on um, Wrestling Reverb and I am still, the women's one, I pretty much, I think I've got down, but the men's one is what I was like, I say one name and then I'm like, wait, this name. And then I really start getting in a big thing about I can't pick the women men's Royal Rumble. I don't think I can anyway. I-
1: I don't think... I'm going to see if I can look at my notes and see. Because I looked at all the names. And this... Okay, this is my actual pick here. And it's for several reasons. Which is Mustafa Ali. Okay. Um, I say this because of the deal with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And apparently because Vince sees him as ultimate babyface. So... I could see Mustafa Ali winning it, a kind of Rey Mysterio style deal um, where he has to constantly, and that's why it kind of took me back to that, he has to constantly defend that championship title shot till he gets to mania i don't know who he'd go up against i feel like it might have be a daniel bryan yep. but say daniel bryan versus mustafa ali mustafa ali winning that championship the first muslim american to win that championship to then go into saudi arabia and parade around the title kind of how they wanted to do with alberto del rio the
0: logic um, is there like i'm not even i like when you said that name i was like wait what and then i when you actually explain it yeah. to me that moment at wrestlemania and then going into Saudi Arabia and, and whatever it may be is very much, um, it's very, like, not saying anything about Ali because he's great. He's a great talent, but he's oh, very he's he, it's very busy. It's a very business-driven um, move. But, however, I said, like I said before, WWE is a business and they know mm-hmm. what they're doing. I think, I know WWE get a lot of crap, but I think they know what they're doing in a business sense. Maybe not, you know, with their, you know, they're questionable with some things with creative and stuff like that, but that's out of our control as is, as is anything that they do, but they, they, they have a business. They've been a business for a long time. They're a publicly traded company. Um, so that, that pick at all doesn't seem weird to me at all.
1: Um. But again, that's the whole thing, isn't it? There's 30 names and there's 30 uh, infinite cases I could make for each single person on I, this I list. Could too, and- like
0: literally anyone could say anyone in that match. And I'd be like, it probably wouldn't agree with me. And then I'd be like, wait a minute. But I could see why you're saying that person. Because, yeah, look at WrestleMania. Look, because as we go into WrestleMania as well, um, I think we're heading towards the women main eventing like whether it's Ronda and Becky or Ronda and Charlotte, Ronda Becky, whatever the the you know um, I would the agree. equation I would totally is, agree. I think we're heading towards that. So when you think about the Men's Royal Rumble, it's not necessarily it's not it's it's a main event match. Yes, it's not ending the show. So therefore, mm. you don't have to put quote unquote the biggest star in that match. You can make a star for this WrestleMania because you can take that chance because they're not headlining the show. Um, in a sense. They yes, they are a main event and yeah. stuff like that. But this is where you can build your next star. You don't necessarily have to have someone that's already established to do this. Because there's 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 two pay per views in between Royal Rumble and, and WrestleMania. There is a lot of other ways we can get our other title matches through then and now. There's two months nearly mm-hmm. three months of booking that we have until Mania. So there's a lot of ways to get from Rumble to Mania. So it, if you understand what I mean, it, not saying that Mustafa yeah. really isn't a star. Like he is, he's he's new. He's fresh. No, but he
1: can be built. I he agree. can be built in that time. I mean, you can see, you could see him winning that rumble, and then again, Ultimate Babyface having to defend it against some pretty top guys over on SmackDown who will happily do the job for him
0: because he's and great talent. He can. Be he is. He very much meshes yeah. with a lot of different styles, and he's you know. He's not that typical everyday kind of worker. He works a little bit different to everybody else and he just meshes really well. Mustafa's great. I think he's a really... He's done nothing but impress me for the last year or so, even on 205. So coming into SmackDown and you know getting wins over the WWE champion and getting wins over Andrade and whatever else and stuff like that, being in programmes with people like Samoa Joe. And not only that, he is one of the main SmackDown guys that are in the Rumble, as you know, talked about Smackdown talent in the Rumble. So he's gotta at least if he if you know he wins or if he he's gonna be that workhorse of the Rumble that is very much indeed in the Royal Rumble match.
1: So I could see, like, with Mustafa Ali, you know, you talked about all the other stories that can happen in that match and other things. Other stories can still continue, but if the main story is, you know, like, people can get thrown out and they can continue that feud, as you said, two pay-per-views on the way. I think that Mustafa Ali, taking this, is a family guy. He's uh, mm. <laughs> lucky; he's a family guy. But like, he's, he's a family, <laughs> he's family, yeah. he's, a, he's a, he's a family guy. And he's, you know, he's he's a really good. He, you know, when you look at like wrestlers and you look at them being the spokesperson for that company, Mustafa Ali is a spokesperson for that company. Like, he truly, he truly is, is because he
0: markets the so. Like he many is, is Um, just. morally he is what
1: plus he's a chicago boy isn't he yeah if i remember correctly is he he so he could he could he could if he he could take away the punk crown of being chicago made like so you know like
0: it is very much i see your i see your very much so i see where your thinking is and i I can, it's weird because you know, when you say some names and you can't visualize that WrestleMania moment of that person holding the championship, I can with him. Like I can see, that's what I mean. can see the three count. I can see him holding up the championship with, you know, 90,000 people screaming around him. I can actually visualize that.
1: I can see him running down and grabbing his kid and bringing her into the ring. And so I can lift, I can, I can see the whole thing.
0: I can see, I can, I can literally see it, but with some, yeah, you want to say, oh, this person can win the rumble, but you can't, visually see that moment in the ring like I can with him I get where you're coming from so um logic Mm. is is definitely there um but as we kind of um wind up with this I want to thank you for coming on and having a nearly two and a half hour well more than that without (laughs) pre-chat but I really do appreciate this because I want this more with people because if we're having a two and a half hour chat and we could probably go longer if we really tried, um, we could just keep yeah. talking and talking and talking. Um, I do appreciate you coming on. So thank you very, very, very much. Um, and this is your little chance here at the end of... As tell people where they can find you. Tell me, tell them what your show is about. Just, yeah, you have a nice little spot here just to promote the crap out of yourself.
1: Wow. Number one, thank you very much, Josh. Um, Amazing opportunity to come on here. Um, And welcome back to Podcast Life.
0: Thank you very much. Welcome
1: back. (laughs) You're totally welcome. Um, Yeah, I could talk... For hours with this man. But um, if you want to find me. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm always doing stuff on Twitter. Which is at Foul underscore Original. Um, over on YouTube. I'm YouTube.com slash Foul Original Wrestling. Um, what we do. And you can also go to Foul Original.com. All my links are there. But mainly what we do on the show. Is we have um, a twice weekly show. Um, which happens on a Wednesday night. And a Sunday night GMT. 8pm. Um, also for the live pay-per-views we've got four watch-alongs um and we're also doing roundtable discussions directly after each of the pay-per-views so this week um after nxt takeover phoenix we'll be starting that um i've got three great folks on that um we've got uh, go to my website you can find out all their names um and we will be announcing the ones for sunday for the rumble i also got some cool content coming out over the over the ways but you can interact with me on Twitter whenever you want. Um, my DM's pretty much almost open, always open. Um, and you can also hashtag bookfoul, which is what Josh did here. And I hope that he got his money's worth because he oh, paid I me nothing. I,
0: I, def- I definitely do. <laughs> um, I'm very cheap, so um, I just won't pay anybody to come on this. <laughs> um, but I do, I do except, encourage I'm everyone to, to please... I, this guy is just great on... I well, Obviously, this is how we kind of... Um, built a connection with through Twitter. Um, and he's very open to talking about anything pro wrestling or just anything. He's just open to talking. Um, he'll always, he'll just always be a nice guy to talk about wrestling with. Um, our DMs are very long because uh, we just message each other all the time about wrestling and it's just nice. Um, but this won't be the last time. It's that he's getting going to be annoying. It's getting to
1: annoying. Me. I'm joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this won't be the last time. Well, maybe after that comment, it might be the last time he comes on here. No, I'm kidding. um, yeah. he, um This won't be the last time that he comes on this podcast, and I'm sure I'll be on his show from time to time. Um, we'll do a lot more in the future. And um, follow me on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. It's all at Wrestling babe. You'll find it. Um, find this wherever podcasts are kind of found. And now also I'm a part of the Pulse Podcast Network, so please um, go check out that. It's pulsepodcastnetwork.com. Um, there's great shows from wwe to nba to pop culture it's got everything in between so you'll find all your uh, podcasting love there and um yeah thank you again for coming on and um i'll catch you guys next time peace